0: Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to CSGCards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on SportsCollectorsDaily.com. And sponsored by Gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away visit GemRate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker.
1: Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. I'm so excited, Drew. Before we get all start going, this I feel like I'm a racehorse ready to run <laughs> and the skates open and I'm raring to go. I'm just pumped yep. today. I, I'm raring, raring to go today, guys. My name is Jeff Baker, and you are listening to TTM Cast. TTM Cast is your sports collectibles podcast where we talk TTM cards, autographs, collecting, and a whole lot more. That's basically whatever my co host wants to talk about. He has it in his contract, and I, he, I cannot. He's got a, he's got a lifetime contract, so I can't even wiggle out of it. Yep, yep, it's true. Well, it is season five, episode twenty six. It is July, guys. It's July. Happy July to everyone. We got July Fourth weekend here. Uh, it's big. It's always big here in the New England area. I'm sure it is in, in Texas with you, Drew. Uh, yep. You're listening to the nationally ranked sports podcast hosted by me. Jeff Baker, I'm in Boston, and co-hosted by Drew Pelto, my friend Drew Pelto from Arlington, Texas, by the way of Cleveland, by the way of going to school in Boston, by the way of just about every, anywhere in the Midwest to, to, talk, to broadcast hockey, minor league hockey games. He is a a renaissance man. Hey, Drew. <laughs>
2: hey, how's it going? Good to be here.
1: Drew is a great uh, creator, content creator on YouTube. Make sure you follow his videos on YouTube. It is dfwgrapher.com, dfwgrapher, not with a .com, dfwgrapher on uh, Instagram and on YouTube. He posts new video just about every week of all his CTM successes. How's this week's video going, Drew?
2: It should be all right. I was thinking after a couple of days, I'm like, oh, God, this is going to be a pretty lean and short one. I might have to, you know, just push two weeks together, but... Got in some trades this week, so uh, those took up a nice block of like five or six minutes there the other day, so that'll fill in a lot better, and yeah, I should have an actual like legit video for this week instead of just some, you know, puny little two-minute thing.
1: I like the ones when you go to the minor league park and you do the play-by-play.
2: Yeah, that's always fun, and uh, I was thinking about going to games this weekend, but ultimately decided not to. There's a couple games down in Cleburne. They've got a uh, Lincoln and somebody else that were coming in, but it would have been really, I would have been really scrambling to try to get cards for it. So I'm like, ah, I think I'm just going to go ahead and pass on this week and we'll go to Frisco next weekend. Is it still hot as Hades there? Yes, it was 100 all week. Today it's supposed to be only 97, I think. So that's a little bit of a, a cold spell going on here.
1: Well, we are we record in the morning, a Saturday morning today. And uh, I just looked at my, my, uh, my temperature and it's 72 degrees.
2: Yeah, it's uh, right now it is 81 here already and it's gonna hit 97, it says All right. To
1: the well I yeah, I think we're gonna be in the low eighties today, but uh, looking yeah. forward to it. We're actually gonna go uh to the, the pool. Our our health club, the that my wife and I are members of has a outdoor pool. So we're gonna take my son who is is not a kid anymore. He's 20, 20, 26 or 27, and he's gonna he's gonna go to the pool with mom and dad. So nice. <laughs> well guys, uh, a couple of things first today is my mom's birthday so happy birthday grandma yay yay i'm not singing i'm not singing i won't do it. <laughs> and i want to wish everyone a happy fourth of july we fourth of july is kind of one of my favorite holidays it's always fun going to cookouts and fireworks and the whole nine yards and you know we're right on we're right near the ocean so there's a lot of stuff going on yep. uh, fun time and i am going to the red sox and rangers game on the fifth ah nice so uh Probably not doing any graphing, but looking forward to seeing your Rangers, Drew. And I, I know they're not your Rangers, but <laughs> they are in your backyard. So, yeah. What do you got? What do you got planned for this week?
2: Um. Well, I got some TTMs I got to write out here. Got a small stack of them ready to go, all stamped and cards pulled and all that. Then just waiting on a few more stamps to get here as well. Just picked up some international ones so I can send out to Japan, Korea, and Mexico for a few. And we'll see what happens out of those ones. Did you to send your Franco try. out? I did send out the Julio Franco, so we'll sit here, fingers crossed, on that one at least. Then I've got a couple more here that, uh, let's see here, which ones am I mailing off here? So I've got some that are going to American Association players right here then. Okay, over to Japan, going to be sending out a Shogo Akiyama, Shirtan Apostle, uh, Aristides Aquino, Kohei Arihara, Trevor Bauer, Louis Brinson, uh, Matt Davidson, and uh, Michael Franco and uh, Hirokazu Sawamura, one of your former Red Sox there. There you go. So those will all be going over to Japan. Uh let's see here. For Korea, we have do, Eric do you Fetty. Google
1: do you wait? Do you Google translate and write your all your letters in Japanese? Oh god, no, no. Uh,
2: <laughs> even to the guys that are in Japan, even the Japanese players themselves, I'm like, uh ah, the, they hopefully will understand enough English to be able to yeah. say, Oh yes, this guy wants to autograph
1: free. Yeah. for uh, self stamped envelope. Right.
2: <laughs> Uh, For Korea, we're sending to Eric Fetty, Adonis Medina, and Taylor Widener. And down to Mexico, it'll be Carlos Martinez, Yerman Mercedes, Rio Ruiz, and uh, Chance Cisco is playing down there as well. So we'll see what happens with those. Once those stamps get here, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have a few more – a couple more countries to add to the list of uh, international successes there. Uh, Picked up some – Very cool. Yeah, picked up some trades as well that I mentioned there. Uh, um, Got uh, one that I bought from uh, Frank Polinski, who's in one of the – I think he's in one of the heritage groups or one of the minor league graphing groups, one or the other there. Uh, got four from a Stephen Calamia and 16 from Doug Barnes, who is a huge top heritage collector. Anybody who collects any heritage stuff has probably seen him around on the uh, various heritage groups, minor league graphing groups, any kind of graphing groups, really. He actually had a group on Facebook dedicated just to getting the, uh, just to getting the entire 2022 heritage set signed across like all the members. So it's like, if you got a card signed from it, post a scan of it, put it up there and he'll mark it down as, Hey, we've got this one with this guy. We've got this one with this guy. And just have kind of a library of all of them there to be seen and everything. So very cool good stuff there. And I'm now over 50% of the way done on the 21 heritage Miners set. So finally got that point.
1: Wow. That's awesome. I'm jealous. <laughs> you got so many sets going, Drew. I don't know how you keep it straight. I got like, yeah. I got two and my head's ready to explode. Yeah. It's, it helps
2: having my website and a, and a, uh, nice uh, spreadsheet there and right at my fingertips there every time.
1: well Drew, we have a really fun and interesting show this week. I interviewed uh Dabs who is uh, president and founder of Dabs sports they are he's out of LA and uh, he's one of kind of the the young guns in the, the hobby you know what I mean just he started uh, his company out of his uh, bedroom in 2020 and they're getting uh between 10 and 15 million views a week now. So Thanks. he he's, does breaks and he's a uh, collector as well. So I'm going to talk to him about basically all, all the stuff that's happening and his his rise to prominence. So that, that's a really interesting uh, interview, I think, coming up. So make sure you stick around for that. We have Clemente Lisi. Our radio correspondent, Clemente's World. We're going to go back-to-back with Clemente, Drew. we got Clemente this week, and we got Clemente next week. Nice. And uh, this week, we talked, uh, wrapped up the hockey playoffs. We talked NHL draft and talked some collecting. Next week, we're going to talk a little Clemente's getting ready for the Nationals. So we're going to talk a little National with Clemente. That's next week. Next week, we also have TTM or Kurt Hubbardston. And uh, he, he was a really fun interview as well. So this week, Dabs, it, dabs and, and Clemente. Next week, Kurt Hubbardston and Clemente. Drew, sure, we have, also have all our regular segments, right?
2: Yes, we do. We've got Baker's Dozen, where we'll cover all the news from the hobby from the previous week. As you mentioned, we've got Daps joining us, followed by Clemente Lisi. We'll have Making the Grade, where we cover all the news in the world of grading here in the hobby. We've got our stamp for approval. Jeff and I give our thumbs up to anything from that could be on our mind this week. You never know what you're going to get from us here, and this week is no exception. Uh, we've got the Vern Rap Minute where we cover any deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics, anybody that you might consider TTMing. We'd let you know if they have died. And, of course, the main reason why you're here and why we're here, our TTM returns.
1: You know, the man, Drew. Hey, um, guys, our listenership was up. I just checked uh, this morning. is up 4% this week. All right. So uh, thank you very much. We, we've been really... Uh, growing every every week between like three and six percent our listeners are up so welcome to all our new listeners and the one thing that we love is listener feedback we love getting emails we love love people um sending us stuff i just got a a really cool a ted williams and smoky joe wood autograph baseball from one of our one of our listeners for so less to do an appraisal on so if you have something that you want to have less appraisal less. Wolf of Praise, we, we do that just about every month. We also have contests and giveaways and all sorts of cool stuff. We're going to get some new T-shirts in uh, a couple of weeks. So we'll have some T-shirts to give away. Make sure you, you jot this down, guys. The email address is... ttmcast at yahoo.com. Thank you. And for if, if you guys, new guys don't know, Drew gets a quarter every time he says that. So yes. he, he is in charge of email addresses, right, Drew? Yes, exactly. You got a good... You have a good agent.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah they, they got some uh some decent negotiations there
1: uh you did very well all right drew i think we got all our housekeeping in order let's do a little baker's dozen all right all right
0: baker's dozen sponsored by sportscollectorsdaily.com.
1: baker's dozen is a news uh summary what's been going on in the hobby first guys um don't miss out on this okay uh collects our friends at collects which is a great app it allows you to scan your cards in uh, manage your inventory it gives you value of all your cards it's really a great app it's free it's available in the app store and in google play Go in and download it, and then send me your name, your name, and your email address. Your, when I say name, your Collects name, because it's the only way you're gonna be able to redeem your your coupon. And the Collects is gonna give you ten dollars to use in their marketplace, so it's free ten dollars, guys. You can buy a card that's ten dollars and one cent, and it's only gonna cost you a penny for that card. So yes. it's exclude. This is exclusive to TTM Cast listeners. Take it up. This is this is free money, guys. Take it up. Don't (laughs) let it go. I know the first batch of coupons uh, went out from Collects the other day. We had a couple of guys that did not had not signed up for the the app yet. You got to make sure you sign up for the Collects app. Then you get the ten bucks, and you can do whatever you want with it. You can buy whatever you want in the marketplace. Ten bucks. Don't miss it. Send me your name. When I say name, your Collects name and your email address, and put in the subject line collects or coupon collects coupon and send it to us at ptmcast at yahoo.com and they'll do the rest right buddy guys friends pals guys help us out we want to we want to keep make keep collects happy so that we and i can keep doing the silly show yes (laughs) right true
2: exactly yep
1: all right guys we have some auction news we
2: do. Indeed. PWCC currently has an auction going on about a little less than a week left on that. July 6th is when that will come to an end. And, uh, we mentioned this on the Wednesday show. They have one of only two known PSA 10 pistol Pete Maravich rookie cards from 1970 tops in there. And I remember I was lamenting a little bit that like, wow, that's su- surprisingly low on the price tag. Well, it has now jumped up to uh, more toward where I expected this would end up at. So, uh, the other day was only at $40,000 right now. It has gone up to $90,000 and I was thinking, okay, so that that's got to hit at least the six figures. And yeah, so far, I would it think is so headed, don't you? Yeah. I mean, it is headed in that direction. At least they're just uh, just a little bit short of that right now. And you've still got another week. You have left to bid on that. I bet it gets into the six figures now.
1: Well, we have a, a cool item at Sotheby's auction. They auctioned off a 1992 Jordan Reebok warm up jacket that he wore when they uh, got the gold medal at the Olympics in the 92 Olympics uh, there was a lot of um, flack, remember, because Jordan didn't want to re- wear anything from Reebok. So oh, yeah. he, I, he, I think he tried to cover up the logo, if I do remember correctly. But his jacket is being got auctioned off and went for $1.51 million. So uh, that's kind of cool. Also, I, we, I just saw this as a, a news tidbit from uh, Sports Collectors Daily. Topps is, is bringing back the MVP buyback promotion that they ran last year. Uh, it's gonna be basically centering around tops 2023 tops chrome. And what they're gonna do is they're gonna buy back any MVP cards that you might have. Uh and I forget it's a pretty good deal. I don't remember exact sp- specifics on it, but it's gonna start in November when then when it's announced. And um, you know, if you have, when you're you're picking up your tops chrome, hopefully, you know, you can pick up pick up the Otani or the judge or whoever's gonna be
2: We think yeah. some gonna be MVP this year. I mean, you've got to all- Otani is always up there. So, I mean, yeah, I think so too. I think he's yeah. got to be the favorite almost every year. It seems like.
1: I think he's having a great year. So, but I can't, we'll, we'll see. So we'll in both leagues and that, that promotion is going to go again. So that's pretty cool. Hey, we have a uh, last batch of national signers, Joe.
2: Yeah. And if you're a fan of baseball movies, you'll like a couple of these names on here, but uh, we've got Patrick Renna, who of course was in Sandlot is going to be there. Thomas Ian Nicholas from rookie of the year. Also, Ari Laham and uh, Jason Page have been added to the list as well. So it's not just athletes that are there. It's also those who have been in some uh, sports movies, too.
1: Yeah, I think Jason Page was in Sandlot, right? He might have been. I'm I'm less
2: familiar with the uh, with Ari Laham and uh, Jason Page. But yeah, I, think I do was know was... Thomas Ian Nicholas and uh, Patrick Renna, at least. Yeah,
1: in fact, I just watched it. I just nice. watched a rookie, the Rookie of the Year movie the other day. It's it, 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 it holds up. Yeah, I mean, my
2: favorite one is, I mean, having, uh, what's his name, the pitching coach in there is absolutely hilarious. I've, that was always my favorite character when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, it holds up. It was a cute movie. Yeah. All right, guys, we have some new releases. A lot of new releases. Everyone's, a lot of the, uh, the manufacturers are getting ready for the National. So there's been got a lot of releases the, uh, the next couple of weeks. Um, the World Cups uh, Panini World Cup sticker and album are out for women's World Cup is going to be in Australia and New Zealand this year. Albums go for about two bucks. Sticker boxes, which include 50 packs, go for about $60. Uh, Clemente and I, Lisi and I talked about it this week. There, are, I believe, are 600 card uh, stickers in the set. Uh, and uh, the women are usually pretty good about signing. So if you're looking for some TTM fodder for, for women's soccer, this might be an inexpensive way to get involved in it. And uh, the stickers come out really nice signs. So take it, take a shot at those. There's a lot of things you can do with those too.
2: I mean, you can, of course you can try to compile the entire album and everything, but taking the stickers and put the sticker on an index card gives the player a whole lot of space to sign right next to it too. That's another great option too. Good idea, Drew. Yeah. Uh, Select basketball is coming out for the 22, 23 season from Panini in there. You're going to see 12 packs with five cards per pack. Each box will have three autograph or memorabilia cards plus twelve prisms. Three hundred seventy dollars—the price tag on that one. So a little bit of a little bit of a price break on select this year, which is nice to see.
1: Yep, Chronicle is back, guys. Panini Chronicle 2022 NFL are out. The six packs, eight cards per pack. You get two autos or one memorabilia. That gets you to have fifty-four cards uh, in a hobby box. They're going for about three hundred fifty dollars. A Blaster box you can pick up for about. 30 bucks. So, 2022 Panini Chronicle is now out. And these are NFL, obviously.
2: Got a Panini Immaculate Soccer for the big spenders out there. Seven card pack, one pack per box. You'll see in there though two base cards and five autographs or memorabilia cards. That starts to justify the $1300 price tag right there. There's usually some really cool stuff that comes out of Immaculate.
1: And you know, I drew I was watching um I think it was a it was a TikTok about it was a it was a current player a young player and and they were talking about how much they get paid to sign the cards Mm -hmm. what do you what do you think of just a a regular regular smoke like just somebody that just got drafted how much what do do you think they get per autograph
2: i actually kind of know the answer to this one so i'm not going to give it away i'll let you take this one but i it varies a lot depending on the player but i've seen all over the place, honestly. I'll let you right. go ahead and so, give, the, give the numbers. So
1: basically, this this guy that they were talking with, the, 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 the TikTok, he was uh, in the, I believe he was in the NFL draft. So any any guy that is in the NFL draft up till the, the third round, they get two bucks an autograph. Yep, yep. And they usually get, they're contracted for like 20,000 autographs. And then if Panini wants more, they can come back and ask for another 20,000. Wow. And then after that, it's negotiated. Uh, if the guy, if you're a a third round pick, I think you were getting four bucks an autograph. If you were a uh, second round pick, I think it was $10 an autograph. And then for the top 10 in the the draft, they were like 20 bucks an autograph. And this was all, uh, they were all contracted at 20,000 autographs first, and then another 20,000, they had to sign at that rate. And then after that, they can negotiate it. So um, you know, when you say thirteen thousand dollars for a box of cards, it's because they're paying a lot of money for, to get the, to to give that these guys sign the autographs, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's unfortunately, the autographs don't come free to the companies like that when you're asking guys to sign stuff in bulk like that. But at the same time, I mean, if somebody wanted to pay me two dollars to write my name uh, every time I write it. Uh, Yeah. Hand it on over. I will sit here and do that all day for you. I mean, that's, that's the
1: easiest money I can think of. I know me too. Well, back to new releases, the 2022, 23 tops UEFA. I got it, Drew. I didn't mess that one up. The UEFA, which we think is the United European football association. It is a, it is a uh, soccer box and it's their, their club Chrome uh, club competitor Chrome. It's from Tops, and uh, you get one Chrome autograph in a hobby box, and they're going for about two hundred dollars. Nice, that was
2: most- at least with that one, it's shorter than the uh, North American one, which is CONCACAF. C O N C A C A F. And you hit that one, I'm like, I'm out. I'm not even gonna try to figure out what to the letter <laughs> in there. So yeah, UEFA is a lot easier than that, fortunately. Oh, we got some hockey coming from Upper Deck too. Uh, 22-23 synergy hockey set. In there, you're going to get eight cards or yeah, eight packs per box with three cards per pack, so it's 24 total right there. But in that, you're going to see 15 inserts, including eight red parallels, so that's uh pretty uh, chock full of uh extra stuff, not just a whole lot of base in there. So cool yep. stuff right there. $120 will be the price on that,
1: you know. With this one, I want to applaud uh slash Tops. Um, they've done a great job marketing the Bowman line, I think. I think they They've really done a good job of positioning Bowman as like the rookie cards and the pre-rookies. And this 2022-23 Bowman Year University Best Basketball is out. You get 12 packs. There's two mini boxes and there's two autos. You get one auto per mini box. Um, they're they're actually nice looking cards. Uh, you can get um, a hobby box or, or the box with four two mini boxes for 140, which is a pretty good deal.
2: Got Panini one football out for the gamblers out there You get one autograph card in a one touch hence the name one on that Panini one set that's going to cost you $499 though so if you try it i hope you hit a big one
1: and we mentioned toms tops chrome earlier they had uh, tops from 2023 baseball is due out next month uh i believe it's due it should now it's july it's actually due out uh the the first day of the national i believe uh they had pre-sale on tops.com and sold out in a day which is unbelievable so i'm mean, you know they'll they'll be out there they'll they'll be in the shelves and you'll be able to get tops chrome but to get it at the pre pre uh release price which is a little uh better price but competitively priced those uh sold out in a day, but I just want to let everyone know Top's Chrome Baseball is coming in a couple weeks. Yep. All right, Drew, that wraps up Baker's Dozen for the week. A lot of stuff to talk about this week. You know, it was yeah, funny because I- when we were doing it on Tuesday, there wasn't much going on, and then all of a sudden, just news, things things are happening.
2: Everything dropped there, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, this is... I uh, think so. So that, really that wraps up me.
1: Baker's Dozen. Next up is... Collector's Ooh. Corner... Corner. And now
0: it's time for Collectors Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week.
1: This segment is sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Check out the new Collects Marketplace to sell and buy cards. Turn the hobby into your side hustle today. We gotta get. We, I want an Echo Machine for my birthday, Drew. <laughs> my birthday is next next Friday. I want an Echo Machine.
2: I also check. I think uh, I. I... I may have a way that I could put a couple of guitar pedals together and make one. Basically. <laughs> I, mean, I put in like a chorus and a delay and a little bit of reverb and oh yeah, I get crazy with that.
1: All right, Drew. We have a, this, the, 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 the this young man that I spoke to uh, the other day, his name is, uh, Dabs, Dabs, Dabs of Dabs Sports. He started Dabs Sports out of his basement and bedroom in 2020 and he's grown the, his company, uh, so it's grown like weeds it's it, he's done such a great job marketing himself he's a social media he is on all all your uh video social media and uh he's really an interesting guy and so uh hopefully please enjoy my interview with dab z or dabs i'm gonna get it right dabs it should, it should be dab z don't you think yeah. Yeah. It seems like it. And I'll tell you, I just
2: looked up something real quick and I saw his logo there. I'm like, Oh my God. I remember seeing that now at the uh, national last year. Yep. So- and,
1: he, and he will be at the national is actually, we talked about it. He is going to be uh, next to the PSA booth, uh, boot. nice. so He's got a prime location. Yeah. Uh, that's so a please, good spot. So please enjoy my interview with, with dabs. All right, guys, we have a very special guest today. His name is Matt McConkin, but he is known as Dabs. He is founder of Dabs Sports out of Los Angeles. And waiting till you guys hear this story. If you haven't heard of him, buckle up, guys. We have a great show in store. Hi, hi Matt.
3: Jeff, so, so so glad to be here. I appreciate you
1: having me on. You know what? I, um, I'm really interested to see, uh, talk to you about your mediocre rise, medi- mediocre. It not a mediocre <laughs> rise because uh, guys he started dab sports in 2000 out of his basement kind of the, during the heights of his, the pandemic and by 2001 he was grossing over 10 million daily live streams across many social medias he's generating more than 15 million views today so you have a lot of eyes my friend a lot of people are are, are following you why do you think uh you know you grow so so quickly in in in, in such a, a short time? Well,
3: from my end over here, I saw a tremendous opportunity in uh, the sports card market. Everybody on Instagram was posting pictures of their cards, right? And all I would yep. see is raw, raw cards or PSA or Beckett graded cards. And I thought, I don't want to just create another account that's posting cards. I want to I wanna create some type of content that provides a little more value, just something interesting to the hobby. And, and previous to this, I was actually just making skits in LA as a hobby, you know, joking around my, my buddies. So, I had been behind the camera and in front of the camera, kind of producing and editing. And the way Dap Sports actually started was I was buying, selling, and trading cards. And I wanted to share my experience with people. And I wanted people to see hey, I bought this Dame Willard for 300 bucks and I just sold it for $1,200. You know, I just made a couple bucks on this card, right? So yep. as I started to make some money uh, in my investments in, in slabs and raw cards, I started to document them in YouTube videos and that sports began through entertainment, right. And education of sports cards.
1: Do you think your audience wants to get rich from sports cards or you think that they uh, enjoy the sports cards and and the the money will follow, so to speak?
3: I think um, there's definitely some people who try to use sports cards to flip, but I think majority of people genuinely love the cards and I know that because the majority of people, when we're live streaming and we're running a break, hit a big card that's worth a thousand or two thousand bucks, and they get an offer on the spot, they say no.
1: Yeah. I mean, the breaking community has had um, a lot of negative connotations, right? In terms of backyard breaks and some of these other guys that are out there. Um, but you've kind of been able to serve above that, right? And, and why do you think that is?
3: Well, listen, there's a there's a tremendous amount of companies out there who are who are running live streams, running breaking, laden sports cards been around for 10 years, right? So it's not a lot of people think this is new, right? But it's not new. It's been around for a while now. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong, with Facebook live streams, Instagram live streams, TikTok live streams all kind of coming to a rise in the last three or four years, I think that's where you're seeing the platforms really exposing breaking, right? And what's cool about breaking is if you or I, we go to Target or we go to our local hobby shop, you, you, you buy a, a blaster or maybe you buy a mega box or maybe you have enough money to buy a hobby box. You bring it home, you rip it open. Maybe you spent 500 bucks on a hobby box and you hit a thousand dollar card. Now you're in your, you're in your bedroom alone. Maybe your mom's in the kitchen. You could tell her. <laughs> <laughs> right. Look what I She's, got. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But she, she might not be as happy as you are she's not elated like you are, right? But you're on a live stream with an audience of two or 300 people who all love sports cards, and they're all in the community, and they're all interested. It's cool to have that audience. And that's what I think breaking really brings to the hobby.
1: Do you have any um, online people, online entertainers, I'm going to say that, that you have married your, your style to, or, or did you develop your own style? And uh, and, uh, and uh, do you know, is there someone that kind of mentored you through the, through the beginning? Because, you know, it's a learning curve. When you first start, you don't know what you're doing. You're, you're, you're going, you're in the dark, but you seem to have, um, you know, hit the ground running, so to speak.
3: Absolutely. And I think when it comes to a breaker, right, there's three things that I would look for in hiring a breaker. And the first is entertaining. Are they entertaining, right? That's yep. what you're kind of talking about. And I believe in, in a way that I'm unique in that I was creating content previous to sports cards, so it allowed me to hop on a live stream. And I love sports. My dad taught golf. He's a PGA professional. My grandfather was actually a scout for the New York Jets. So I, I grew up in a football family, and I, all these statistics and information about football and basketball and baseball were useless. I used them with my friends. Right? <laughs> and, and, but now on a live stream, when people are buying packs of cards for me, It became super, super interesting, right? So now all this useless information became useful. And I could reference, oh, uh, I remember when Tom Brady got sacked by Mo Lewis back in 2001 and the Jets knocked out Bledsoe and then Brady comes in. Excuse me, I said uh, uh, the reverse. But they knocked Bledsoe out, right? And then Brady comes in. Like, I remember that as a kid. If you were born in 2000, you might not remember that, right? And we have a a ton of kids who are 23 years old who are watching our live streams. So you bring that kind of useless information onto a live stream, and now it's interesting because our whole audience is sports fans, right? So entertainer is number one. The second thing I would look for in a streamer is a salesman, right? Because you got to be able to sell the cards, right? So salesman, that's the second thing. Right, because in the and end,
1: if, all they are pieces of cardboard, right? It's just cardboard, right? That's what I hear all the time. And then... <laughs>
3: in addition to being an entertainer or a salesman, you're looking for a product expert, right? Somebody who is genuinely passionate about sports cards, that's really, people are going to pay attention to that person. Because if you're buying into a break or you're buying sports cards, whether it's packs or personal boxes, and the person who's ripping them for you is giving you information about, hey, this is who you're really looking for in this particular product. In Prism gold prisms are the the you know the most sought after card but you could also hit a color blast. but also at a first off the line there's two shimmers in every box either number to 25 or 35 so it's helpful if you're new to the hobby and somebody is educating you while you're ripping
1: yeah i was going to ask you that as a because you a lot of your audience and a lot of great people that get involved in breaker breaking are new to the hobby right they're the this is how they their first inroads into the hobby um as a as a young person come in or even somebody my age what do you recommend uh getting in a break is there is there a product that you recommend or is there a sport that you recommend or is there a um you know is there a type of break that you recommend to get for to get uh jump in and get your feet wet
3: well i would never recommend any sport to any particular person if you're a baseball fan i would rip baseball if you're a football fan then rip football whatever sport you like the most i mean listen i'm a i'm a sports fan Across the board, but football is my favorite, and I particularly like to rip football above other above other products. But what's cool about DAP Sports is on our TikTok stream, any night of the week, 24/7, you can come in, and we're going to offer retail boxes mixed with hobby boxes. Right. Okay. So there's hobby boxes. Prism boxes are expensive seven, eight, nine hundred dollars, a thousand dollars. Not everybody can afford that. But if I if I mix that box with two mega boxes, right, and I create a break out of it. Now I can get everybody to buy in, pick your team break, buy the Niners, buy the Patriots, buy the Jets, buy the Dolphins. And now you have a hundred bucks, you have 50 bucks, you have 30 bucks to buy a team because you can still participate in a break. So I think that that's really, really important for the hobby is offering those price points where you don't need hundreds or thousands of dollars to get in. And if you're new to us on TikTok and our live stream, we have teams in break sometimes that are nine dollars. You know, the Browns are not the most sought after, the Rams, the Raiders sometimes, you know, they just don't have any rookies that you want to chase, but that doesn't mean you can't hit a Nick Chubb auto, right? So it's, it's cool to offer those price points and give people an entry-level position for the hobby in one of our Dapp Sports live streams.
1: So really you would recommend um, first, find a sport that you like, second, make it affordable so that. To you, so that if you can afford twenty dollars or a hundred dollars or whatever, and then uh, is there a better chance? Is there a better chance of hitting the 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 card, the big card, uh, at higher end breaks, or it's just kind of luck of the draw uh, in terms of which break you get into?
3: Well, my recommendation before all of that is obviously rip what you like, but. Watch breaks. What put your hours of watch time in. And, and we can call that research, right? If you're yeah. watching breaks, you're watching product being ripped. And then you as the buyer need to decide what product you like. And that's subjective. It's like art, right? Illusions versus Prism versus optic versus mosaic. There's so many different brands. So first you gotta watch all the product get ripped. And then you have to understand what are the most valuable cards, or even maybe not the most valuable, maybe just the cards that you are the most attracted to right and then once you figure out the cards that you're the most attracted to for the sake of this conversation we're just going to use prism because it's the most popular brand there is for both nba and nfl right so let's pretend you like prism and let's pretend kenny pickett is your favorite player and you are chasing kenny pickett rookies now Kenny Pickett, if you want to buy a box of Prism, you're going to spend somewhere around five, six, seven hundred dollars 700 for a box of Prism. Right. It's Closer not- to
1: $700. Right. Closer it's not cheap.
3: It's not cheap, right? But guess what? We have breaks that run a Prism box every night of the week, and the Steelers are $99. So the smart way to do that, if you're chasing Kenny Pickett, is you could enter our break for the same $700 price point, except you're chasing Kenny Pickett, in seven boxes instead of one. And that's where breaks come in and make things super interesting. Because again, maybe you don't want Kenny Pickett. Maybe you think Kenny Pickett stinks. Maybe you don't believe in Brock Purdy. You don't like the whole draft class. You're a Ravens fan. Guess what? The Ravens are 29.99, right? And you could buy them 10 times and you get every Ravens card for 300 bucks, right? And that's half the price of one box.
1: Of one and box now you've got
3: the, you got all the Ravens in 10 boxes. And that's what's very interesting about breaking, right? Is that you could, once you understand how the game works, you can say, okay, this is the price of the box or the product that I like, and I'm going to up my chances of getting the guy or the, the athlete that I want in those boxes and spending the same amount of money across seven, eight, nine, 10 boxes instead of buying one box.
1: Are you concerned with... Um the corporate control of breaking in terms of fanatics trying to get a hold of breaking eBay, trying to get a regulated breaking, um, you know, the changing of the hobby in terms of uh, Panini being phased out in a couple of years. Is that, is that all, is there a concern for you that you see breaking changing in the next couple of years?
3: Well, that's an interesting question. What I would say is I'm not concerned. Everything when it gets attention on it, there's going to be rules and there needs to be regulation. Because again, you don't want, you don't want to buy something online and you think you hit an autograph of your favorite player and you get shipped a box of rocks, right? right? And that's why there's companies like Amazon and there's companies that if you buy something on Amazon and it doesn't get shipped to you and you click refund, you get a refund immediately, right? So you got to look at, you have to have something like that which I believe is the fanatics of our market, right? Fanatics is going to come in and regulate and of course, there's going to be growing pains and some things that change in the hobby that some for, for better and some for worse, but such is life, right? And Fanatic's goal, I believe, is to 10x the hobby, right? And I think in 2020 or 21, I saw some Fanatic's and eBay rep or eBay reps up on the, uh, the, the panel at the Mint Collective, and yep. they said last year, 3 million people bought a sports card. From Fanatics that same year, 80 million people bought a jersey or piece of merchandise. So now if Fanatics has 80 million people to market to, right, and they throw some sports cards in their face, we're talking about this market, like the potential is nuts. Oh, the I know. They want,
1: to, they want to grow the hobby 10 times in such a short period, which is, is uh, incomprehensible right now.
3: And, and the way that I look at it is it doesn't need to happen in the next two years. Remember, Fanatics doesn't take over the licenses until 2026. So we've got two years of uh, a lot of question marks. We'll, we'll sure. Start, right? So it's, it's not necessarily, you know, the big bad wolf. Fanatics is coming to town. Like I said, there's going to be some, some things that Fanatics does that ruffle some feathers the wrong way. There's also going to be tremendous growth, I believe. Listen, I've met Michael Rubin. I've met a lot of the execs over there. They've all been good to me. Right, they've always helped out. They put me in touch with a lot of people who I've been able to shoot content with, right, and didn't ask me for anything. So, uh, I, I can only say good things at the moment. Again, I don't know what the future holds. What I do know is I want more people to be aware of sports cards because I love them. They're, I'm super passionate about them. I think they're tremendous and they're cool. And, it, and once you understand how grading works, how to submit cards, how you can buy something, when to buy it, I mean, I'm of the opinion that if you were to buy in the off season and sell at the right time, you can make 15 to 30% of your money, just buying and selling. Right.
1: And is that, got- is that still, is that still potential? Uh, you know, two years ago that that was widely accepted. Is that still potential as um, things kind of tighten up and, and the economy slows down a little and, and the hobby growth has, uh, you know, kind of uh, halted a little.
3: For sure. But I think that if you were to look at it on a graph and you saw how much, how many sales there were in the hobby two or three years ago to where they're at now, sure, it's spiked up here, but it was here. And now we're here, yep. which is still way above here. Right. So that's where we're at right now. And anybody who entered at the peak is going to the market's down. But me, you, we've seen. A couple of years of this right yeah and listen i think the 90s were telling right they overprinted cards and i heard a very interesting story uh, the national in chicago is coming up right right around the corner yep. last year it was in atlantic city the year before it was in chicago so i heard a very interesting interesting story two years ago i met with one of the vendors at the national and he said back in the 90s when i sold cards you picked up the phone you called tops you said i need 10 cases of, uh, you know, whatever Donruss or whatever the, the print was, Topps is, uh, it probably wouldn't have been Don Russ from the Tops agent. But, you know, <laughs> any, you call any of the, uh, the manufacturers and say, listen, I need 10 cases of any particular product. They send it. They all sell out. You call back your rep, you go, I need another 20 cases. Send it. You call up your rep, those sold out. I need 50 cases. They're printing them on demand into shipping, right?
1: Yep. Which
3: today's day and age, I can't call Tops and ask for 20 more cases or 30 more cases. They're like, we're sold out. They go to the distributors. And, and at the, the current way that it works is tops or Panini manufacturer sells to distributor, distributor marks it up, sells to Hobby Shop or Breaker or wherever it goes, right? And then the breakers obviously have to make their margin. right? So that's the way, it, it, it's touching a lot of hands. Now what, what happens is Fanatics comes in and what, what do I think is going to happen? They're probably going to eliminate some of those hands, right? And they're going to take sure. some of that margin, right? Like you'd have to assume. And then, but again, what I, what, from my perspective, it's not really fair to me if Panini makes a product, the distributor gets it because their allocation is huge, and then marks it up whatever they want, really. You know, they set the price there. And then I got to pay that price. And then I'm selling to the end guy who goes, why are these prices so high? And my percentage that I'm making is way smaller than the it's guys. right? Right. So from my perspective, everybody's saying, "Oh, Fanatics is so bad," and I'm going, "Well, then you've never dealt with the distributors because to me, they're the, the guys who are taking all the margin, right? Who who are four, five, six xing the box. I mean, listen, think about it. And and you can't even be mad at them if you were sitting on 20 cases of Panini Prism Joe Burrow year in the middle of the boom. And they're, they've just went from three or 400 bucks to two grand. Are you selling them for, for 600 bucks? No, you're gonna sell them for the market rate, right? Right. So, listen, that time is over with, though, I think, where boxes and slabs are gonna five, six, seven X overnight. But if you have, if you have three million people who bought a sports card, let's say two years ago, and now it's about to be 10, 20, 30 million, I just want you to think about it like this. Particular cards, particular slabs where there's already a set amount, Kobe Bryant, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, any short print card, if you have access and you purchase that card and that player or athlete remains relevant and 10 million more people come into the hobby, it's supply and demand, right? It's supply and demand. There will obviously be products that are overprinted or printed more than other products and hold less value. But when you're talking about Prism and you're talking about Topps Chrome and you're talking about National Treasures and your big name brands and sports cards, those things are going up in value on short prints if there's more people in the hobby because there's more people who can buy the cards now.
1: What what would you say to the the collector, the young collector that is investing in the John Moran or Mac, Mac Jones or some of these you know, guys that uh, Tatis that that have risen and dropped? fairly quickly because of something that they did off the field um, as opposed to investing in the Mount Rushmore guys, the Jordans and LeBrons and Bradys. Is there, is it two different markets in your mind?
3: Absolutely. I think it's it's not necessarily markets, it's different strategies, right? So the way I break it down for most people is you have your true collector. So I myself believe I'm a a true collector. I'm mixed. We'll call it okay, 70%, sure. 70%. Well, it's 80%. like your
1: 401k, right? You, you, you invest in the growth fund and you invest in, in the AT&Ts and Apples, right?
3: Absolutely. And I would say for me, I'm heavy into long-term plays on legends, right? Who I collect, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, right? And I buy those in PSA 10s or prints that are under 50, let's say. So if I can find something that's a PSA 10 and there's less, uh, like the pop counts under 50, that's attractive to me. Sure. Right? So in the past year, I got my hands on uh, one of those Dunk and Go PSA 10 Jordans.
1: Nice. There's
3: there's like 60 of those PSA 10, right? So I want people to think about it like this. Check out the sales of Michael Jordan cards in the 90s. These are not rookies, right? Short prints, And remember the 90s was the junk era too. So check out some of the short print Jordans and what they're selling for today. And my whole point is that the Brady and the Kobe and the LeBron in 10 or 20 years that is printed right now in the last five years, those are gonna be the cards that go for a good amount of money 10, 20 years from now. Right. So that's that's the long game, right? That's that's buying a house and sitting on it and earning a small percentage, but it's nice and safe. That's real estate. Now, if you wanna get into you know, day trading, Let's talk about John Moran. Let's talk about Zion. Let's talk about Kenny Pickett, Purdy, right? So there's a tremendous amount of opportunity with Brock Purdy. And I believe right now, because is he the starter? Is Trey Lance the starter? Right? Nobody knows. But the way I analyze this particular situation is, no matter what, I like Purdy outside of injury. Because if they do ultimately say Trey Lance is the guy, what what has to happen to Purdy? he's going to get traded. And if he gets traded, his, the price of his card is going up. It might go up 10%, it might go up 20%, but it's going up because whoever gets him, that market has just, you know, activated X amount of buyers for that card.
1: Right, right? and he has built an opportunity, right?
3: Right. Now, if Purdy is actually good, right, which I don't think we've seen a true uh, base of, right, like, I don't have enough body of work to see or analyze. Is Brock Purdy that guy? I'll tell you one thing, he didn't lose, up until the game that he only played half, right in the playoffs,
1: he didn't right. lose
3: the Niners. So that has right. to be
1: it, it, Or is he Zach William, Wilson,
3: right? Right, I mean, or is or he or Zach not. Wilson? <laughs> but if he ends up being the starter for the Niners, and the Niners have a great defense and they have a lot of weapons, they have Christian McCaffrey, they have Debo Samuel, they have Brandon Ayuk, they have George Kittle, they are stacked on offense. If Brock Purdy looks like a good quarterback, the price of his cards, of what they are right now, will go up in the middle of the season, right? And generally speaking, too, I'm not even a proponent of buying and hoping for that in the middle of the season. I just think Brock Purdy's price right now is at a, a reasonable amount. And what you can do is check Brock Purdy's price against the Lamar Jackson or against the Josh Allen or against the 10th best quarterback in the league, right? Check his price in relation to those guys. And that's, that's how you kind of like get your feet wet with, okay, it, of all the quarterbacks in the league, is Brock Purdy 10th on the list? Is he 20th on the list? Is he 25th on the list, right? And if you think, I think Brock Purdy's like number 10, and his price is half of that of the number nine guy you go, there's opportunity right
1: there. Right. You're looking for opportunities, right?
3: Right, right. right. And that's, that's a simple search on eBay, right? eBay is the, the sports marketplace to figure out how much are these cards selling for? Because you're going to find daily sales of Purdy and Mahomes and burrow and herbert right all these guys they sell every single day on ebay so it's a great place to figure out where their price point is
1: we have the national coming up in a couple of weeks in chicago um what do you think the the buzz is going to be uh, at the national and what what do you think um is kind of going to be you know top of front of front of the mind topic uh, you know, last year it was the Mickey Mantle card. Everyone wanted to see that Mickey Mantle card and, and, and Breaking, the Breaking Pavilion w- w- was outstanding last year. W- what do you think is going to be uh, hot this year at the National?
3: I think that uh, all the applications of their live stream launches are going to be talked about and highly marketed, right? So you have both eBay and Fanatics launching live stream apps and they're going to be yep. pushing that into everybody's faces. So I don't necessarily know if that's what us as consumers want to hear, we, we like to hear the Mickey Mantle card. What's it going for? Like, that's cool to us. You know, obviously that, that uh, triple logo man, LeBron James chase last year, that had a lot of behind it. Right. That was really cool. Um, But in terms of what I think they're going to be pushing at the national, it's 100%. Anybody who has a new live streaming app, listen, they're, they're trying to get all the customers onto their app or take as much of the market share as possible. Right. Listen, live shopping, which is basically what breaking is, in my opinion, is the future. So live shopping, what that is defined by is if you've been on Instagram or Facebook over the last couple of weeks, right? Or last couple of months, let's say, and you see a t-shirt or a pair of glasses or a hat that you like, and you're like, you know what? I want to buy this. You make a buy, get shipped to you a couple of weeks later. Imagine you could have been able to buy that same pair of glasses, except there was a live streamer, just like a breaker on there. And you go, hey, does that come in, in a different color? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I got blue right here and I got red. And he's talking to you in real time. That's live shopping, right? That allows people to be on their phones, but they get that experience of being in an actual shop.
1: Do you think AI is going to ta- um, take precedent uh, in, in the hobby in the next year?
3: I think AI will take precedent everywhere um, in different versions. I think that a lot of people get scared by the talk of AI and, You know, everybody thinks about Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and, you know, it's all over. Uh, But I think AI is going to rapidly change a lot of businesses um, and a a lot of different markets. But at the same time, you still have to have uh, human beings monitoring the AI and controlling the AI. So I think that what will happen is you're going to start to see new positions being developed where, similar to 10 years ago, there was no social media manager in 2011 at any corporation but now it's a position in every single office so you might have a similar position being created ai manager ai media manager right and everybody will need their own ai hire,
1: so to speak do you think um as a hobby we've done a good job weeding out fakes and spotting fakes and, and weeding that out of the 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 uh the hobby
3: well i think the hobby is tremendous in protecting each other right, and itself. So I've been at the Dallas Card Show before and I've witnessed somebody stealing from a booth and that guy's caught same day, right? They got the cops there on the spot, that yep. is not tolerated, right? And that translates to online too. I think that you've seen over the past year a number of accounts um, taking cards off screen and trying to pocket the cards, right? So I know that uh, we, had, we had sent over a, an account one of the employees for this company retail King, had taken a downtown off screen. And the chat was like, what's going on here. There was a downtown in that pack. What happened to it? And the guy goes, you're not going to see the downtown. It's like, you're on camera, buddy. What are you doing? Yeah. Right. You do know that there's an audience of people watching you and any one of those hundred people watching you can take a screenshot. Right. So I think a lot of these people, they're just boneheads and they don't think things through and they think they're smarter than other people and they can get away with it. But at the same time, you know, criminals are gonna be criminals, right? And that can be an online criminal or somebody who steals from a store. And there's always gonna be thieves. It doesn't matter if it's online or offline, right? And we do our best to try to prevent that from happening. But at the same time, I don't think you need to hold uh the, the company's feet to the fire, so to speak. If somebody goes into your local target and steals something off the shelf, or an employee rather steals something off the shelf and walks out with it do you get mad at target or do you get mad at the employee right so just because a uh, you know a company like ours we might have 20 people breaking for us but if somebody steals from a customer on our camera they're not going to get mad at that guy they're going to get mad at that right Daps. right so again i think that the hobby does a tremendous job of policing itself looking after one another. I, listen, you have to call out those bad actors. They need to be called out. I know, I know there's been a lot of uh, scammers on whatnot, obviously. right? We, we don't break on whatnot, so I can't really speak to that in detail. But you know, you obviously hear about it or you see a post online about this guy got scammed or that guy got scammed. And that's also, when you talk about the Big Bad Wolf fanatics, are they the Big nice Bad Wolf? nice way to put it, the Big, Big Bad Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> right, but now, but now that Big Bad Wolf can protect you from things right. like that
1: right? Well, I'm saying, say. it's, I think people think they're the big bad wolf because they don't know what to expect. I think they're I think that uh, there's a trepidation and unknown. And I think we've never seen anything like that uh, in our hobby all the way back to when tops was, was the, the lone uh, wolf in the room. I think, I don't think we've ever seen anything like fanatics in terms of presence and in terms of uh, potential uh, power in, in the hobby.
3: Yeah. And, and listen, though, you got to also think about how about that that debut patch that's pretty cool oh yeah that's a that's a fanatics inspired idea right that's an idea that that came after the the acquisition of uh tops by fanatics so they're obviously forward thinking they've got some very interesting ideas and if that's the first idea they have that's pretty cool i mean taking a patch off of a player's jersey and putting it in a card having them sign it like that is a true. Not only is that game worn, but you can attribute that to a highlight on television, right? Like you can go back and say that's the patch. This I have the patch that that player was wearing that Drew yep. Jones was wearing in that game, and that's cool.
1: What do you think is the most important factor for Dab's uh, success moving forward into 2023 and into 2024? What 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 keeps you up at night? The the you you you're worried about. Uh, uh, continued success of dap sports
3: uh I, I don't think anything keeps me up at night because i work so hard all day long that i'm, <laughs> just, I'm guessed by the time the, the night comes but for dap sports uh we look at ourselves above a breaking company as a media company right we create a lot of content we had this video that we posted uh this week on tiktok that did almost 5 million views so when, it, when we're jealous. talking about uh, it, it, and and listen but the the previous you know, nine videos to us didn't do up to our standard, right? So, you know, you got to take 10 at bats to get that one viral video, right? And I think that a lot of people outwardly look at us and think, oh, well, it's easy to create TikToks. There's a lot of work that we put into this stuff, man, to do a TikTok video every day. There's a lot of money we invest, right? It's, it, our team over here at Dapsports, our our editors, our producers, our content creators, they do an incredible job. Hats off to them, seriously. And we need to continue to produce content for the hobby because we don't think that the hobby has enough of it. And we think that going forward, if we went from 3 million to 10 million to 20 million, 30 million people who are going to buy a sports card, those people also need to be educated. Those people also need to be entertained. And that's what DAP Sports wants to do above all else, above breaking even, is making sure those people have content to consume and make sure they understand how do, how do you know what price a card is worth? Where do we direct them to figure that out? Yeah. Right. How do you How do you get entertained by uh, the the recording of you know two kids opening a box and spending money and being down? Because that's the real experience. Sometimes you buy a box and you're down. Sometimes you're up. But that's sports cards, right?
1: Well, uh, why don't you let um, my listeners know if they want to get involved in a DAPs break or, or 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 just a break in general? How would they go about doing it? Because it's still foreign to uh, a big percentage of people out there, right? That you know they know of breaks, but they maybe never but got involved in a break. and And why don't you let people know? Oh, I'm really interested in getting a break. I just like to watch some breaks and and then getting maybe get involved. How how do, how do they sign up for an account on Dabs? And how do they uh, get involved in, in watching a break on Dabs and, and really really uh, buying into a break on Dabs?
3: They can go to Dabsports.com. We got a ton of breaks, packs, boxes. Everything is available on there. I would recommend. Make sure you got the TikTok app. We have two streams up 24-7, Dap Sports and Dap Sports Breaks. And it's really just preference of what break you want to enter. Come in, watch. Just watch. Watch the stream. Watch hours and hours and hours of streaming if you're new, because you got to figure out what product you like first.
1: And then it's once you... so, it's so addictive, isn't it, Matt? You just, just I can watch breaks all day long because it's just so entertaining. <laughs> Well, it's entertaining. It's it,
3: There's a mixture of art. The cards are art. We like to mix a lot of signed helmets, mini helmets, full-size helmets, jerseys into our breaks, too. So last night, for example, somebody bought the Chiefs. No Chiefs cards got hit in the first five boxes. We ripped two jerseys open. Last box is a full-size helmet, gold alternate signed Patty Mahomes helmet. Oh,
1: that's nice. And that,
3: Yeah, and that's just a cool reward when you're in a break to win a signed piece of mem like that. You know, it, it, it's a very, very cool experience. And I say every single day on Adapt Sports Dream, somebody 10X's their money. And you look at me and go, How can that be true, Adapt? And I go, That doesn't mean you made 10 grand. You spent 30 bucks at Dap Sports on the Ravens and you had a $300 card. And that happens. Somebody's going to do that every day. Somebody's going to spend 50 bucks, go home with 500. Somebody's going to spend 10 bucks, go home with 100. Somebody's going to spend 300 and hit a $3,000 card. And it's just because we do so much volume, right? We rip so many cards open that somebody is going to 10X their money.
1: What, what do you say to the people that, that, that come by and they say that um, the card manufacturers, Panini, uh, Fanatics, Tops, are seeding your, uh, the, the breaking community with the big hits? Is, do you think there there's some truth to that? Or you, do you think it's just because of the number of boxes that you're open, just, just mathematical that you, you're going to have more hits than say, say, say some retail guy.
3: Uh, intuitively, I would like to believe that nobody is, is giving anybody boxes. And we're actually over here at Dapp Sports, we're looking to pr- produce a piece of content where we go into the actual manufacturing process, right? We film the whole thing and we get a better understanding of how it works because as it's been explained to us, for anybody, To slide a particular card into a particular box or or mark that box, extremely difficult. So what we want to do is we want to produce a piece of content where everyone, our audience, the whole hobby can really get a true and accurate depiction of how the whole manufacturing process goes down and then let them decide, you really think that this card or this box could be loaded with all All of the variables in place?
1: I personally don't think so. I think it's just because you're you're opening a lot more boxes than, uh, you know, some card store probably is only opening three of the, these these high end boxes. Where you're probably opening five hundred of them. You know what I mean? It's just. I think it's just sheer math.
3: I do. I do. I think if you're going to open twenty five percent of a particular product, you're probably going to get twenty five percent of the one on ones, and that's just more one than you know, any other account. So if you open up 25% of any particular product, that means on average, let's just say there's a one of one per box. The guy who opens one box of that or 1% is gonna hit one one of one. You open 25% of it, you're gonna get 25 one of ones, right? So I know that people will say the math doesn't work exactly like that. I'm not saying it works exactly like that. I'm just saying if you open 25% of a particular product, you might hit close to twenty five percent of the one of ones of that yeah. product.
1: Could be a little well, less.
3: Could be a little more.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've been you've been doing this since two thousand twenty. What has surprised you most about about the breaking community and, and the hobby as a whole? Uh, you know, you you've had such a great growth in the last couple of years. Um, did you see that uh, potential when you started? And um, you know, what what has surprised you most about the hobby as a whole? What has surprised
3: me most about the hobby as a whole? Um, I'm kind of surprised at how much we jump on each other for like the slightest little things. You know, the, the hobby is such a, a great inclusive place. That's what it should be. People should be educating others on how you get into it, what the price of a card is, what's valuable, where you can enter at depending on, you know, your budget, right? And there's so much room for everybody to be involved at different levels too, because a prison base, you know, that's pretty affordable and then the PSA 10 of that prism base still pretty affordable now you're going to get into you're going to get into numbered cards you're going to get into short prints your color blast your stained glass right the uh, zebra prints right your your tiger prints whatever it might be and then you got to determine can you afford those cards and if you can't maybe maybe you save up right i remember as a kid power rangers was the biggest show on tv right and i saved up 50 bucks to buy Uh, Megazord, right? Or Dragonzord or whatever it was called at the time. It was the Green Rangers, you know,
1: uh, transformative. Yeah, you're a little over my head on that one.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying for our our listeners who may have collected Power Rangers, it was a collectible, right? And the whole point is I saved money to buy that toy. And if you want to save money to buy a card, you know, that's up to you, right? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And some people like... Downtowns. some people like kabooms. some people like color blast some people are happy with a gold right yeah so there's so many cards out there we need to make sure that people are educated they understand the pricing they know they're not getting ripped off when they're buying and that's watching breaks and saying to people inside the breaks the community talks to one another hey what hey what product are we ripping somebody's going to give you an answer in that chat hey how much was the the last stained glass herbert what did it sell for somebody's going to give you an answer in that chat, right? So that's why breaking is so cool. And it shouldn't have any of these negative connotations because it's a place where people can come and get answers to these questions, right? That's where you you strive to get to is it's a spot where not only can be entertained, you can be educated, you can make a purchase, you know, you can get that adrenaline rush if you want to rip a pack or maybe buy a, a team in a break. So what surprised me the most is we need to, as a hobby, just be better of making sure we're helping people and not putting them down.
1: Yeah, and I think transparency on a whole for, for, from the breaker and from the manufacturer and take, shrug, take the shroud of secrecy away from it. I think that would, that would help as well. We're speaking with Matt McGunkin. Matt is known as DAPS. He is the founder of DAPS Sports. He has grown from uh, starting in 2020 in his bedroom to getting over 15 million views uh, on his um, breaks and uh, content, his is content, and it's all um, card related. You can go follow him on TikTok at, at DAB Sports, D A P P Z Sports. He's also on Twitch at DAB Sports and Instagram, DAB Sports. Go to DabSports.com, right? DabSports.com. You want to get involved in any of their breaks? Go to DabSports.com. You can just watch the breaks. You don't even have to invest a nickel. Just go check them out. And if you're like me, I I get on TikTok and I just get mesmerized because it's fun to watch. It's really fun to watch these breaks. It really, even if you don't have a a horse in the show, so to speak, it's it's really fun to to watch the breaks. I don't know if you're addicted as much as I am to watching these breaks because it's just so much fun.
3: It's all I do all
1: day. (laughs) There's worse ways to make a living and to to spend your time, right? Absolutely. But I'm happy happy watching breaks all day. All right, my friend. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? I really appreciate your time today.
3: No, I think you did a great job. Like you said, if anybody wants to join us, please come into our stream, DAP Sports or DAP Sports Breaks on TikTok. We would love to have you. We would love to answer any questions you have.
1: Yeah, if you have any questions, you can send me an email uh, from Matt at TTMcast at yahoo.com, and, and I'll forward it off to Matt and his team, and he will f- they will definitely follow up. Matt is going to be at the National. Do you guys have a booth at the National? Do you have a uh... We do have a booth. It'll be in the Breakers uh, pavilion. There are four
3: premium booths next to PSA. PSA might need a, lot, a little extra space. So they have not given us our official booth number no, yet, no. but it'll, it'll, be on the, it'll be on the edge of the Breakers Pavilion and the main floor.
1: And is there anything special you have planned for the National? If, if, if I know a lot of my listeners are going, so is there anything special you have planned uh, please, for the National?
3: Absolutely. So we don't tend to sell anything at the National. All we do is shoot content at these shows, and we're going to be doing a ton of giveaways. I am not going to tell you what we are giving away, but I guarantee you it'll be signed merchandise, signed helmets, signed jerseys, Boxes of cards. You, there will be activations. Maybe some putt putt. You hit three in a row. Maybe you win a prize. So please come by the booth and try to win something.
1: All right, Matt. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure meeting you. I'd love to have you back on in a couple in a couple months to kind of follow up and see how you did at the national and uh, see how things have changed because our hobby is changing so quickly. Don't you think?
3: It is changing every single day. It's been an absolute pleasure, Jeff. I'll come on whenever you just let me know.
1: All right. Thank you. I really appreciate your time.
3: Thanks so much, Jeff.
1: Okay, you're welcome. Thank you. Buying and selling sports cards has never been easier thanks to the free Collect app. With a million collectors on the app, you can find just about anything. Build your PC. Sell off your cards for top dollar. Trade up to get your Grail card. Are you new to the app? Don't worry about it. There's an option to check out with credit card, generate shipping and tracking, and use promo credits towards deals. Download Collects, that's Collects, C-O-L-L-X, for free on the App Store or Google Play. Boy, what an interesting guy, Drew. Uh, He's really a passionate collector. He's uh, doing a lot of innovative things, and and, um, he's an entertainer as well, so he's kind of... Coupled entertaining with, with collecting and, and the whole back ball uh, ball of wax, is going in got 247 they're twenty four seven. They're 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 doing breaks. So, I, have you done a break? Have you done a break recently? I actually have never gotten in on a
2: break before, other than like a friend of mine did kind of a smaller one a few years ago. And that's the only one I've ever gotten in on.
1: I, you know what? I'm gonna we're going on to the national. I'm going to the national. I might try to get involved in a break when I'm at the national. It's really I've done a couple of live ones, but I haven't done anything online and I, it, they're really fun yeah. the one the one I did I got it was a random one you got two teams and I ended up getting the Miami Dolphins and the uh, Indianapolis Colts mm-hmm. the year that two was the rookie and uh, Jonathan Taylor's card was in there so I got a ton of Tua t- t- cards and a ton of Jonathan Taylor's ca- cards for like nice. 20, I think it was $20 to get in the the break nice that's fun. not bad at all nope nope not at all. All right, guys, that wraps up Collector's Corner. If you have any questions for dabs, send me a t- send me an email at TTMcast at Yahoo.com. And, and I'll forward it off to him. He's he is a real interesting guy and he's a real um he he he's very much an entrepreneur and an entertainer. So if you have any questions that you want to pose directly to dabs, let me know and I'll I'll send it off to him. Okay. All right, that wraps up Collector's Corner. Next up is Clemente's world. If it's soccer, hockey,
0: or collectibles, it's in Clemente's world. It's time for Clemente's world with Clemente Lisi.
1: Drew, we all live in Clemente's world. He's the the one that controls it, you know? He is the man. (laughs) He is the man. He knows soccer. He knows hockey. He uh, has great takes. Uh, We're going to talk to Clemente this week and next week. This week, we're going to talk to him about NHL playoffs. We're going to talk to him about the NHL draft and uh, what's going on with with some collecting stuff. So please enjoy my interview with Clemente Lise. Welcome to Clemente's World. All right, guys, it's time for Clemente's World with Clemente Lise. We're going to talk a little hockey, a little soccer, and some collectibles. So welcome, Clemente. Hey, great to be back. It's kind of we're going to do two Clemente world this this month. I'm going to do one uh, this week and then next week we're going to do a little national preview. So that, that'll be fun. Uh, talk about your plans for the national and uh, things, things you'd like to get accomplished, the national and your take on the national. But that that'll be ne- next week. This week, we're going to talk some. Uh, let's talk hockey first. OK, sure. Well, uh, first, let's talk Stanley Cup playoffs as a whole. I think as Bruins and Ranger fans, because I'm a Bruins fan, you're a Ranger fan, I think the first couple of rounds were really good. But I think the rest after that, it was kind of anticlimactic, don't you think?
4: I totally agree. And after that first round, I had a lot of high hopes that this would be probably the I greatest. Did, I did too. Ever. Yeah. And then the, the the round after that kind of fell a little short. And then the finals themselves, as you and Drew talked about a couple of weeks ago, feels like an afterthought. And it really did. And I think it's because we talked about this trend it wasn't that one or two goalies that really stood out. I think that really what makes the playoffs exciting. And in, in the end, you had all these high scores, and goaltending did not matter much at all in this in this playoffs. And I think that mattered, and it really, really, I think, hurt the playoffs overall.
1: I agree, and I think what was the only one close game in the finals, right?
4: Yeah, there was that one game that I guess the Panthers won, and you know, won tightly. But then the other games were all blowouts.
1: Real yeah, blows. I, I, and and it was it was a sad. The final game, the final game was literally blowout. It was like seven to two or something, and, and it was over like in
4: the second period. And yeah, it felt like anticlimactic in the end. And and look, the the Vegas Golden Knights are a great team, no doubt, no denying that. Um, but I just wonder what what this did for hockey. If people like us who enjoy the sport and watch it don't feel great about it, the casual fan definitely must have tuned out early because there was nothing there for them. No storylines for them, and I think the league probably. Uh, knows that but you know the fact that you had the Rangers and the Bruins and I think those were partisan but I think having at least one of those two teams go forward would have helped and it didn't happen I think it really hurt everything overall.
1: Yeah and I think the finals were really chippy on Florida's end because they got they were down so much that they just got frustrated and there were a lot of cheap hits and uh, you know Kachuk got hurt and and I think taking him out of the the, the series hurt and Again, I was a little disappointed by, by the whole thing.
4: Yeah, no, I mean, look, I think what was exciting about the first round was you had these upsets. And the thing is, you know, fans have to understand that when you have upsets, that's that's fun and exciting. But long term, that's hurting your brand and it hurts the game because then the Panthers ran out of steam. Kachuk probably is the MVP of the playoffs despite being on the losing end. Yeah. Um, really helped his, uh, his uh, stock. But other than that, I mean, you know, watching the Golden Knights, they're probably the best team in the Western Conference, no, no denying that. But it really felt like a foregone conclusion. I wonder if some team like the Carolina Hurricanes or some other team had gotten to the final might have been better, but we didn't get that
1: yeah you know it's like into the world cup right we like to see upsets at the beginning of the world cup but then when you get down to it you really want to see france italy brazil right. you know you want the, you want the powerhouse teams in there yeah, nobody
4: wants to see the final be morocco versus whatever because yeah it's fun to watch it and then when you get to the final you're like no i want to see the two best teams in the world playing here because the excitement value is higher right. i agree and so it's kind of a mixed bag i hope that next year's playoffs we don't get the upsets that we got this time because i will say we we paid for it long Term, I
1: think, in the end, yeah. Not to say that Vegas wasn't the best team because certainly they were, right? I, they were. There's no denying I think, they were the best team, Yeah. right? And even during the season, I think they were the best team. I think they were the best team in the regular season, despite the Bruins' uh, record series. They, uh, you know, the the two games I think that the Vegas played the Bruins, I think they split it. Um, and I, you know, I saw them play during the season and boy, they're, you know, they're a powerhouse in terms of offense. And I know Drew was a big uh, thumbs down on Vegas. He doesn't like the way that they were built. Uh, you know, well, they, gave, they, they had a big advantage in expansion.
4: Yeah, but I think that you only have five or six of those guys left over. Look, granted, it helped. I mean, 30 years ago, you could never win a Stanley Cup six years or seven years later. It was impossible. It would take 20. So, yeah, I mean, that's a little bit weird. And and you can tell that with Seattle. Seattle got pretty far in the playoffs, and they're yep. a new team. And it wouldn't surprise me if Seattle gets to a finals in the next five years. It wouldn't shock me at all. Um, but I want to see if this Golden Knights team has any longevity. They have some good players. You know, I agree. Like Michael, Mike, Mark Stone. Will that carry? What will they do with their goaltending? I think they use four goalies or five goalies this year. They're gonna to have to settle on one, right? So I wonder. You know, I'd be curious to see what happens a year from now if the Golden Knights are just like, oh yeah, they didn't even make the playoffs this year. Weird. Or will they repeat? It's really it hard. Hit. It's really hard in the current NHL to have dynasties. I don't see that happening,
1: but maybe. I know this. this the salary cap. I'm going to talk to that in a, wow. a second, but yeah. it's really nice to see um, Vegas really fall in love with that with hockey. And really fall in love with the team that, you know, they're a, when you look at it, they're a, they're a young city in terms of sports. Right. They, now they have a football and they have um, hockey and they can get, get in baseball. And I think they're they're growing, but it's they show that they can support, um, you know, major league sports, which is nice. Yeah, maybe even more so than we saw the excitement
4: in Tampa a couple of years ago
1: with hockey and baseball.
4: I, I just wonder, I think I think Vegas might have more longevity in that regard in terms of, you um, Loving a sports franchise, filling seats, that kind of thing. And I think that you know, look the, the NHL's gambling on these other markets. They always have, and they want to expand the sport. The problem with that is oftentimes they forget that they leave the traditional markets on the dust. The thing that was interesting is it's become a tradition now where the NHL commissioner gets booed when he gives the Stanley Cup away. But the Vegas fans should have been cheering him because he helped them win this right, cup. Right, he's done everything. <laughs> yeah, he did everything he could to help them get this far. So the fact that they were booing him and he kind of relishes in that, that kind of was born in the 90s when the Devils were threatening to leave or whatever, all that stuff. But, yeah, it's kind of ironic that, that Gary Bettman uh, would would be booed there. When I, when I saw that, I thought, well, yeah, they should be cheering this man on. He's They should put his name on the cup with, along with the roster because um, he definitely, the league definitely helped. And, look, uh, getting a new franchise is very expensive. I understand that. Nobody wants to spend – 20 years like the Sharks, like trying to get to the playoffs, yeah. right? They want some payoff early on. And look, they, they have the players, they deserve it. At least we have a, a just winner. Oftentimes you get a the Panthers had won it. I guess we'd be going on and on about you know what a what a Cinderella team, how amazing. We would have all been talking about that. But the truth is they weren't the best team this year. They got yeah. one the playoffs, they had a couple of good series, they finished eighth. They're not the best team in the in the east by far. So
1: and I feel a little bad for uh, a city like Toronto, who's just been Snake right. been, you know, they have they, the last like five years, they've had a really, really good team. If they just yeah. can't get over the hump, you know, yeah,
4: no, that 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 we can spend hours and hours talking about them. You can have just podcasts dedicated to Maple Leafs. It, it's a shame because even neutrals, even people like, like myself, would love to see them get to the finals. That would be so exciting, so amazing. Um, because it is, I've been to Toronto several times, it is a true hockey city. They understand hockey, the fans are super knowledgeable, they're passionate. And then you have these, you know, if you're if you're in Toronto, you must be wondering what are we doing wrong. I mean, all these that are like ten years old, you know, show up and win the cup, and then we can't do
1: it. So, and I know you look at their roster and you're like, boy, they're so talented, but they just they they always hit that road bump. It's too bad. Well, a lot of teams are jockeying. We have the 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 NFL draft coming up, and a lot of teams are, are are jockeying, and we've. We're stuck with this stupid cap, which is right. going to des- decimate my Bruins this year, I think. Uh, the Bruins traded Taylor Hall and and, and uh, another guy, I forget who, to the Chicago Blackhawks for a couple of defensemen.
4: Polino, yeah. yeah. So,
1: look, Chicago's in a position
4: where – you know, in soccer terms, it was just soccer. You call them a selling team in that sense that the Blackhawks have been selling players like crazy. So they realize now they have to reinforce their team because they're going to pick first in the draft this week. They're going to pick Connor Bedard, who uh, by all accounts is this once in a generation type player, like kind of like a McDavid. We'll see. But Have you seen him play at all in terms of on TV? I've only watched highlights. Um, he, he puts up some crazy numbers in the minor league. I can see why he's touted, but, you know, he be a McDavid, or will it be like a Lafreniere? We don't know, right? I right, mean, we, we, you know, look, McDavid is going to be hard to beat. He won another hard Trophy this season. He's by far probably the greatest player after great so talented, game. isn't he? Yeah, if he got traded to a better team, I can only imagine what he would do. Um, so the Blackhawks look to rebuild the Bruins, you know, they're stymied by the cap a little bit. I think the Bruins also realize that they can do pretty well with fewer pieces. Look, they're not going to repeat what they did last year. That was an amazing run and all that. But look, if we learn anything from the playoffs, you don't need to finish first and win the presence trophy. You need to finish right. with top four, five, six, even eighth, and then make it work. Um, and then we'll, we saw this past year that at the trade deadline, there's a lot of moving around because teams realize, oh, we have to sort of fix what we've done. Look, if you're a Bruins fan, this is not a good move because you're giving away two really good players. But the Blackhawks need the reinforcement because – Yep. Otherwise, they'll be one of those teams where they have this great draft pick and he'll put up like 80 points and then the rest of the team will be terrible and they'll finish last. And that's not what a player like Bedard, who I'm sure doesn't want to play on a team like that. He wants to be on a team that can win a championship in the like next five years. Uh, right.
1: Chicago- the NHL doesn't want that, obviously, because they're, they're going to market Bedard to the, the, the oh, nth yeah. degree, right?
4: Yeah. And Chicago is a massive market for hockey. It's like New York and Boston. And, and look, the fact that he ended up there, not at Columbus or Anaheim or somewhere else is good for the league but now we'll see what chicago does with that that we'll see
1: from his collecting standpoint it's bedard then the rest of the guys or is there anyone else? yeah i don't even look there's a couple of other guys a few
4: russians in there the truth is though it's bedard and i wrote a piece for puck junk on his minor league cards it's people who were into really minor league cards and these are the cards you should collect now that are his of course he's probably going to show up in series two next year and i predict that series two hockey next year We'll buy will be a box that will be very expensive because everyone's gonna be chasing him, his parallels, the number of cards. He won't be in series one because he probably wouldn't have played a game yet. And you have to have played at least a game. Yeah they put in series one during COVID, they made an exception for him because it was COVID. Uh, but he'll probably end up in series two. And I'm sure Upper Deck is already excited about the fact that those boxes will skyrocket. And fans of non-hockey will get into it because they hear the name and they want to get in on the action. Um, People like us, that, that won't be good because those boxes won't be 100. Anymore. <laughs> you know, you won't be able to get blasters maybe because people are all chasing him. But it's good for the sport overall. I think it's good for the hobby and the sport when you have a player that is exciting and people want to collect and chase, even if it's temporary. And even if it's stock
1: plunges a year later, we'll see. But um, Right, it's kind of, it's almost like Juan de Franco last year with Series 1, right? Totally, totally the same. That's a great, it's a great example, yeah. But I see, I see Upper Deck printing a lot of uh, cards.
4: Yeah, look, Upper Deck will do that because with Series 1, you can produce a lot of base. Look, the truth is, Connor McDavid's rookie card, Young Guns, that's produced in in crazy numbers, but it doesn't matter. These slabbed versions that are 9 and 10 sell pretty high because of the value, even the the base ones. So Upper Deck knows that. Upper Deck knows we can print a lot, like Wander, Topstead, and it won't matter much because people are going to chase them and everyone wants to get their hands on it. And look, I bet you out of the gate, it'll be a $100 card, $200 card right out of the gate. Probably. And and everyone's going to have to wait to
1: see what he does on the ice before they realize
4: maybe this twenty dollar card is more like a fifty dollar card.
1: Uh, do you think that? Uh, and I lost my train of thought because I was all, I, I had a good question for you, and I uh, and I lost my train of thought. Clement. that happens, I guess. Oh, I was going to say the, there was there was a trade that got um, nixed because of something of with the, uh, against the Players Association. What can you review? Why that trade got nixed? I don't know the uh-huh. specifics of it. I'm not sure about that
4: trade, actually. Um, it's funny. That? Um,
1: it, I thought and, I, I saw. I, I forgive me because I was away this weekend. I thought it know, happened this weekend.
4: Yeah, no, I haven't seen that. Only because you know it's funny. Um, a lot of the, a, there's a lot of moving around now. Um, yeah, dude, this As soon as the playoffs were over, I pretty much. Started looking towards the draft, <laughs> frankly, and, you know, and there was a Hall of Fame announcement. So, no, I did not see uh, this player association, Knicks, uh, a trade. All right. But- well, I, forgive me. Forgive, forgive me, listeners. I'm ill-prepared. No. Yeah, no, it wouldn't surprise me, though, because of salary cap issues. That's often often the case. I
1: think so. Well, you mentioned the Hall of Fame and, and the Hockey Hall of Fame is a little like the Basketball Hall of Fame. And basically, if you have $20 admission, you get in, right?
4: <laughs> um, well, you know, I think,
1: yeah. It's well, not the baseball Hall of Fame, my friend. It's not the baseball Hall of Fame,
4: or it's not what the baseball thing used to be. But having said that, um, there's guys on there that, that made it this time around that I think, you know, are interesting. Of course, the headliner was Henrik Lundqvist of the Rangers, who, of course, I got to see play.
1: Right. If he, if he if if he played in Calgary, he would not be, he'd be waiting in line with the rest of us to get in. Yeah, you know, my, my big thing every year, every time there is a... A play uh,
4: a, a Hall of Fame class announced. I'm always looking to see. There's a couple of things that are always missing for me, which is goaltending is usually not on there. Yep. That bothers me, especially goaltenders who won Stanley Cups, and then to see Lundqvist on there and he never won a Stanley Cup, that kind of bothered me because i have been a big fan of Mike Richter's and I think he should be in the Hall of Fame. And the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame, but Lundqvist is, tells me a little bit about how much of a popularity contest. This oh sure. Of course, Mike Vernon got in there. And that's cool because he's somebody from the 80s and 90s that we yeah. watched playing goal. And he's a good player. You know, uh on the list too is Pierre Turgeon; He's a good player, but not not the most exciting class, I gotta say. And yeah. you know, Lundquist is the is the name because look, when he was in New York, when he played in New York, he was a star and he was also like a fashion icon. He's on TV now, he's a broadcaster. Um, he got a lot of attention for being not just a goaltender, but also for being this persona off the ice that people can, you know, even non-hockey fans knew Henrik Lundqvist, which is I don't know how he broke out that way, but he became almost like a pop culture. Well, he's a good-looking guy. He's a good-looking guy. He's like, he's in that class of like Derek Jeter and a a bunch of guys. Only Derek Jeter backed it up on the field. You know, he won a bunch of World Series. Um, And he, you know, Lundqvist only got to the finals once. Um, So I was a little miffed at that. I mean, congratulations to him. And I know Ranger fans are excited, but you know, I would have much rather have had him win a cup and then not get in the Hall of Fame <laughs> than, than get in the Hall of Fame. Good. You know, look, I love watching him play for Sweden at the Olympics. That was fun. But, yeah, is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. But then you look at the class, you know, Tom Barrasso, Pierre Turgeon, Mike Vernon. These guys are OK, but no, no one screams out at me. Right. Um, and so I just wonder, I agree with you, is, is the uh, NHL Hall of Fame become like basketball, and football, where it's fairly... Easy to get in. That's what bothers me most about baseball Hall of Fame that it's becoming easier to get in there too. Because it has. There, one thing that bothers me, um, because Hall of Fame means something. Should mean something. It's not like you know, All Star appearances. Everyone gets one of those almost. But Hall of Fame should be a little bit higher, higher level. So Ranger fans will hate me, but I don't think Lumpus
1: should be there. Do you think uh, my boy Rick Middleton will ever get in?
4: He should get in. He should just for his longevity and for, you know, what he did. The thing is, when we get further away from those players from the 70s, 80s and 90s, the further away we get from those players, the more likely then that they're not going to get in. You know, I always like a player like Pierre LaRouche and people might say, who the heck is that? Pierre LaRouche should get in, but he's not in the Hall of Fame. So there's a bunch of guys that I think, you know, overlooked, unfortunately. And then the newer guys they're front of mind, you know, the voters see, you know, the voters that voted, they, they saw Lundqvist play, you know, he retired what three years ago, right. five years ago, you know, I think there's a first year of eligibility. So yeah, it's, it's much easier for those guys to get in the ones who have been, you know, retired recently.
1: From a collecting standpoint, do you like any of the guys that, that got in? Is there um, value there?
4: Well, the, some of the issues are like the Tom Barrasso, Mike and Pierre Turgeon, those guys are producing the junk wax era. So those rookies won't, won't won't be so expensive to get so i would get them now i mean get them for five bucks probably you know, yeah that's overpriced but if you're collecting hall of famers get it um lundquist young guns card i can see that shooting up that, that's shot up over the years you know because it's a goaltender it goes up and down i can see it shooting up now so i wouldn't i wouldn't buy it now i mean i own one from way back but i wouldn't buy one now i'd wait and then in a year from now or six months, when people forget about Lunquist <laughs> and the price goes tumbles back down to where it should be, I'd get Lunquist. But his is going to be worth more because he it's a newer player. He's um, on TV. He's on TV, produced less obviously. There's numbered versions of the Young Guns card and all the acetate and all that other stuff that we didn't have back in the Topso Peachy '85 era. So that's that's a different type of card. Um, I think his would probably be the, the worth the most out of this group for sure. Are any of these guys good signers through the mail? I think Mike Vernon and Turjan and Barrasso are. They are, okay. Lunquist is, is not supposed to be, though Drew Drew got one from him. So he, you know, I guess Lunquist is hit miss. I've seen Lunquist do shows in the last year in New York, in the New York area. He charges $100. Wow. So he charges, he's very expensive. So I can see him getting a flood of TTMs and not doing it because he's got a deal, I think, with Fanatics. Um, so he's going to sign at shows, and he's a very, a very high price. Um, and there was a long line of people looking to get his uh, his autograph. So he's he's in demand. Um, well, I'm sure he's not going to be at the national, right? None of the none he of these guys. The national is is very uh, poor in terms of hockey signers. Yeah, there's no hockey really, right? I, um, uh,
1: well, I know Murray Mar- Mar- Bantaman
4: and <laughs> Marcel Dion. And Marcel Dion will be at the VIP night, and that's the only hockey guys that I know of as of right now. Um, Bobby Hull, of course, passed away. He was a regular. He would have been there. Yeah. Frankly, I'm surprised that they don't bring in. I think they don't think they can get the 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 ticket sales for it. But I think if they brought in some old Black Hawks players to Chicago, I think they would do well. But I I'm 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 disappointed that the Nationals didn't have more hockey guys. Originally, Brian Leach
1: was to be there. I was very
4: excited about that, but he fell off the list.
1: Um, so he won't be there. That's too bad. Well, we'll talk national next week. Um, in terms of collect- collecting the uh, top series two is out and top's heritage is out. Uh, have you gotten any blaster boxes or any uh, hobby boxes? Yeah, no hobby boxes, mostly um, uh, blasters
4: and hanger packs that I, I've seen lots of at Target and um, Walmart, which makes you think they produced a lot of it again. Um, but I think great product, really. Series two, I like a lot. I like the look of the cards. I do too a lot of Yankee rookies that I'm interested in getting out of there, so I like that. And you mentioned Heritage. I mean, Heritage is just a wonderful set. We talked about that before. I love Heritage. I gobble, I gobble Heritage up. I don't collect the the whole the whole series, but I love getting as many cards as I can. And those are good to hold on to for TTM because it's card stock. We talked about. Yeah,
1: that. yeah, they're they're great cards to get signed, aren't I they? Love the,
4: I just love the look of them, and they remind me of when I was a kid. I think, and in some ways, I almost like Heritage more than than the flagship. Um, in some ways. Um, I wish I the I wish the poses were better. I get that they're emulating past sets, um, and they're probably shot mostly in spring training those headshots. Um, But I do, I do, I do like it a lot, and, I, and I've been getting those as much as I could. Now, of course, I mentioned to you off air that I'm I'm starting my hobby fast thirty days to, <laughs> thirty days to the national life. thirty day fast. I I, agree. I saw I saw I went to Target the other day just to buy something I didn't something else, and I saw like they had a Bowman. A, Box of cards. It took everything I had in me not to just buy it. <laughs> so I'm like, no, 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 no. I have to hold off. I have to save my pennies for the you national. Made your wife proud.
1: Yes. Very wife happy. Proud.
4: I'm not going Anything else? The mail is down to a trickle. I'm not getting anything in the mail. No more eBay purchases. It's tough. So what I do now is I go on eBay and things I want, things I like, I, I do save. And then hopefully I, I'll see them at the national. I'll buy
1: them there very cool hey um we have some I a couple of soccer tournaments this summer both you uh men's and women teams are participating in soccer tournaments they're all kind of gearing up for the world cup what are we two years away now
4: yeah for the men we're three years away
1: three years away and women women is going to happen this summer this, this summer winter. okay so they're 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 getting prepared for that um what how do how are our teams looking how's the women's team looking do we do we have a, a powerhouse team again yeah, the women's team is, looks
4: very good. Now, they've had a couple of key injuries, uh, but the core is still there. Alex Morgan, Megan Rapinoe, all these players that we remember from yep. four years ago. They've won two straight World Cups. They, they're going to try to win a third straight. Uh, it's never been done, men or women, to win three in a row. It's very difficult. Um, but they're probably the best team in the world. They're going to play starting end of July to the middle of August. It's in Australia New Zealand, so time zone won't be great. But I think some of the games will be on late at night for us in, on the East Coast. So. I mean, everyone watches the Women's World Cup, like the men, because we're interested in, in the US. Yep. US men are playing at the Gold Cup, which is the North American championship. It's only been one game so far. They tied Jamaica. They won something called the Nations League uh, two weeks ago, um, which is another tournament. They beat Mexico in the semifinals and they ended up winning that. They beat Canada. Canada's becoming a better team in soccer as well. Um, they remind me a lot about the US a couple of years ago. So it's exciting because all the club season is over in Europe and now all these guys are. Who are playing on the national teams, and I think Americans love national team soccer more than they do club team. Um, I would say it's a good time to TTM some of these guys on the national team because a lot of them are uh, not in Europe; they're back home in the United States or on vacation. So I've sent a bunch of TTM's out. There's a lot of um, score and uh, uh, other other brands. Panini has put out. Uh, they yep, can get Select. I would I would mail to these guys at their home addresses over the summer. I do that you know every year. I do that in June. You know, interesting to see what I get back, but but it is a good time to get them because when they're in Europe, it's much more complicated. They don't uh, the clubs in Europe don't necessarily send back signed cards. What they do is they'll often send back your card unsigned and they'll send you like uh, postcards or or something. And that's not what fans really want. If they want to TM, they want the autographs. So I recommend if you're into soccer in the now, quote unquote, the off season, I would send now.
1: Conversely, it'd be harder for the women because
4: they're gearing up for the the World Cup, right? Yeah. So what I would do with the women is I would wait until the World Cup is over. So you get to August, and then you send to their NWSL teams they play in the United States. Most of them play here, uh, and the teams are really good about getting players to sign and send back. So for the women, yeah, I think you're a little too late now. They're going into preseason, pre pre World Cup training in you know, the next week, so it might be hard to get them. What I would do is wait until August, and if they do win the World Cup, I can see them getting a flood of mail. Oh, I'm sure some of them are better than others in signing Uh, like a Megan Rapinoe is really good at signing, but Alex Morgan, not so much. Right. So um, it depends. Um, I would check. Do you envision Panini putting out
1: uh, stickers like they did for the
4: men? The Women's World Cup sticker album actually comes out today. Oh, great. Very exciting. no cards that we know of, no select or anything, which would have been interesting. But there's stickers and they put out albums last few editions. Um, I don't think it'll be as popular as the men's. Like you won't see it everywhere, everywhere. But I've already seen, you know, I've, I've gotten lots of emails from Panini and other places saying it's it's for sale. Um, and I might get that. Um, You know, it's a daunting task. 600 stickers, blah, blah, oh, blah, sure. blah. But I may do it. Um, I did the men's and it was exhausting. I know, I'm sure you, your daughter would enjoy it. Yeah, we've done it before, so we, we never completed an album, but we might just get it to get it, to be supportive. Um, and look, the Women's World Cup is a fairly newer phenomenon. The, the first one was in 1991, so it's a fairly newer tournament. The Men's World Cup goes back to 1930, so it's a different thing. But because the U.S. is very competitive, you know, we as Americans, I think, get excited about women's soccer. And look, if they win the whole thing again, we'll have a big ticker tape parade in Lower Manhattan like they had the last two times, so it'll,
1: it'll be exciting for New York and, and, the, and the country if they win it again. And speaking of soccer, you have a newsletter. Why don't you let people know how they can sign up for your free newsletter?
4: Yeah, planetsoccer.substack.com. Uh, lots of uh, analysis, news stories, a, a, a newsletter every Monday morning. Um, you get that. And and I'm covering a lot of these tournaments. We're talking about a lot of these um, U.S. men and women's games that are, I think, captivating a lot of soccer fans. And then soccer in Europe is in the offseason. A uh, lots of trade rumors and transfer rumors. Who's going where? Kind of like hockey. So a lot of that going on too, where a lot of uh, players possibly moving around this summer before the season starts in August. Ian,
1: very exciting. You have stickers. I do have stickers. <laughs> I mailed you some, and uh, I, I got them. I got them yesterday when I came yeah, home. For yeah, my trip. I was to, Very happy.
4: My goal is to bring them to the national. Try and do a little promotion around the website. Um, get some attention for it. It's, I'm getting more and more people subscribing, which is great. But you got to get out there. As you know, you've made shirts and other things. So, you know, you have to kind of get out there and and get into people's faces. I've given them out at some soccer camps already just because you want to get them out, out there and going. So it's, it's fun
1: very cool and you mentioned uh puck junkie had you have an article in puck junk this this month make sure you guys check that out so clemente is all over the place clemente Lise, this is clemente's world he's joined he comes on on uh, every month once a month now uh but we'll have we'll get him on next month To next month next week to talk a little national because we we need more clemente uh to make it for a better show so clemente anything else you want to add before i let you go
4: Oh, just enjoy the rest of uh, the month of June, what's left of it, and then Fourth of July. Have everyone have a good Fourth of July, and uh, we'll talk to you on the on the end of that.
1: Yeah, we'll talk to you next week and and get Clemente's take on the national. We're gonna find out what he has planned for the national. He, he he's been to a couple nationals now, so he'll give you some tips on how to be successful at the national and uh, things to look forward to. And uh, I think that's about it. All right, bud. Thank you very much, and we will talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right, be good. Clemente is a great addition to the the program. Do I say it every time? I love talking to him. He has great takes, and it's really uh, neat that we get we get access to him a couple times a month.
2: Absolutely. I mean, he and the great thing is, I mean, he knows soccer so well, which my knowledge of it is rudimentary at best. So Me it's too. good to have you know his uh, his take on that area can get in on some extra hockey opinions along with ours we're both you know big hockey guys but he's a big one there as well yeah definitely great to have him on board every so often
1: thank you Drew, and thank you clemente that wraps up clemente's world next up is making Making the grade grade.
0: making the grade is sponsored by certified sports guarantee go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win With the summer just around the corner, baseball cards are heating up. Send your MLB stars, rookies, and prospects cards to CSG Cards for grading. Protect your PC and get your cards in the best holders in the hobby. Whether it's cards of Shohei Otani, Corbin Carroll, or Drew Jones, CSG Cards offers fast turnaround times with low grading fees. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership. With code TTMCAST. Go to csgcards.com.
1: Making the grade is a new summary. Of what's been going on in the grading community. Drew, we have some grading numbers to report. Yes, we do. From
2: the 19th through the 25th. Uh, unfortunately, CGC still going through some pop report maintenance. But the good news is that is back up and running for next week. So uh, we'll be back to having you the normal numbers from them here very soon. PSA down a little bit this week a 19% drop in their uh, grading to 189,700 cards graded so still cranking them out in the six-figure level there, and well into the six-figure level at that SGC 5% drop 23,800 cards that they have graded and Beckett an 8% increase this week to 19,700 cards
1: yeah I think I had like three or four days from CGC Mm -hmm. um that that it's back up and running but i just i decided just to keep with the weekly numbers and then we'll we'll get the we'll get their numbers uh on on next tuesday right next wednesday cool uh that 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 that's uh great we got grading uh numbers from the 19th to the 25th those come from our friends at gemrate.com and speaking of gemrate.com now it's time for the big three. This
0: week's big three is brought to you by Gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at Gemrate.com.
1: The big three—we we invented it, Drew. This is my my yeah. little invention, right? You we got to have a patent on that. And make sure you know you get any. Uh, I know I should trademark of it. it. Yeah, I should trademark it. This is the top three and bottom three in terms of. Uh, increase in, in grading percentages from one week over the other. Uh, we have three uh, legend. Do you want to do can we, three of them are legends. These three are legends. Would you agree? Yeah, with you? Absolutely. Know. Yes. So the top three are Akeem, Elijah one, Dion Sanders and Brett Favre all up. Akeem was up 63%. Dion and Favre up 62%. So good for you guys. Good for the collecting world that they're still looking at these. These are all three guys that are retired. They're vintage guys. Now, I can't believe they're all we're saying that, but they are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're all Hall of Famers. So they, and they're all, all three are up. The number one card that got graded this past week was the Brock, Brock Purdy 2022 Panini Prism rookie card. So that had the number, that was the number one card, but not enough to sneak Brock Purdy into the top uh, growth percentage. So, Drew, what do we got for the bottom three?
2: Bottom three, we're seeing some uh, baseball and basketball drop offs here. Uh, the biggest drop off, Michael Harris of the Braves, a 34% decrease in his cards getting graded. Uh, basketball player Josh Giddy came in second on the list, a 20% drop in his. And third in the uh, Orioles, young shortstop Gunnar Henderson, a 15% drop for him as well. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's a little bit of a surprise there with Henderson. Harris, I think he's cooled off a little bit here. Yeah. Giddy, I don't know enough about, but
1: Henderson, yeah, I think he surprise. was on the list, the, the down list, a couple of weeks ago, too. Yeah, I
2: think so. Yeah.
1: Well, I, I really like Gunnar Henderson as a player. He hasn't, he, he started out really hot last year, right. At the end of the year and this year he's been kind of back and forth. And I think that that happens to these guys, you know what I mean? They, Mm -hmm. once they throw the league once or twice, they they adjust on these guys and they have to be able to make the adjustment to see if they they're going to stick to it. But this kid had Gunnar Henderson is good. I think he's a good player. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, pitchers just start getting a book on these guys and the
2: and the batters have to learn how to adjust. And typically they do. Hopefully Henderson does as well. I mean, like you said, very hot start last year. He signed his uh, heritage card for me around this time last year. So, I mean, you would take the number one prospect in all of baseball. He's nice enough to sign two cards for you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be a fan for a while. Yeah, I
1: I agree. These, a lot of these guys are doing it right. So congratulations. Uh, Connor, you'll be back in in the top three, any, any time soon. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, that wraps up the big three. The big three are exclusive statistics that are generated for us by gemrate.com. So thank you, Ryan, and the voice at Gemrate. We really appreciate that. Drew, next up is the TTM Cast stamp of approval. Yes.
0: I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM Cast stamp of approval.
1: We do the stamp of approval for one thing to prove to you guys that we do other things than, than, than just uh, write letters and, and collect autographs, right, Drew?
2: Yes, exactly. Although, as a spoiler alert, mine is sports related too. So uh,
1: maybe yeah, this is the best related, way to demonstrate. We do food, that. we do movies, we do tea, television, we do books, we do everything. So we, we we like to do a lot of stuff. And I went. I'll do mine first, and Drew. Then you can do yours second, because your I love yours. Uh, mine is the new Indiana Jones movie. We went to see it last night with my son and my my wife, and uh, I I went with not a lot of hope. You know what I mean? He, uh, Harrison Ford's seventy plus years old, and they guy again. How's this guy going to be running around with the, his whip and his his hat and fedora? Right. And, and but they do it. Yes. He did it. It's great. They have great characters. There's a lot of jokes. They bring in some of some of the older characters. The the uh, it's in. Uh, the scenery is great uh the beginning there's a lot of chase scenes uh and the, I, I won't give it away but um the nazis are involved again so a lot of nazis right. and uh it's very cool you got to suspend reality a little but it was a very good movie very enjoyable uh well worth the time and i that is my ttm castan approval the new Indiana jones movie are you an indian jones guy Never have been a big. I'm not a big movie person at all in general, but yeah, I,
2: I have not seen uh, much of the Indiana Jones series at all.
1: All right, well, start go watch a couple of them on TV, and then then you can watch the new one because the new one is well worth worth the time. Guys, let me know if you see if you watch the Indiana Jones movie. Let me know what you think. Yeah, I I gave it two thumbs up, and it gets my TTM cast stamp of approval for the week. Nice. All right, bud, what's yours? Mine is because it is. Not just it is, it is
2: Canada Day today as well, so you know happy, uh, happy Canada Day to our neighbors up north. But the big holiday for us down here among baseball fans, a big happy Bobby Bonilla Day to uh-huh. you all today. Bobby Bonilla gets paid approximately one point two million dollars from the New York Mets, and he will get that every June, every July first, all the way through the year twenty thirty five. And so, uh, what happened was that in uh, two thousand anybody who doesn't know the backstory on this the 2000 the Mets agreed to buy out the remaining 5.9 million dollars on Benia's contract but instead of paying him the 5.9 million dollars in a lump sum right then the Mets said hey we've got uh we've got some uh, investments going on here that uh we'd like to instead make some annual payments of close to 1.2 million dollars a year for the next 25 years starting in 2011 and so Benia's like well hell yeah I mean I can either take six million now, or I can take you know yeah where do I sign
1: up for that yeah how do I get
2: that So." unfortunately those uh those investments that the Mets were involved in were through Bernie Madoff <laughs> and yeah we all know how that turned out so uh starting in 2011 after Madoff had already uh made off with a lot of money there that never got paid out the Mets are still on the hook for this deal despite all that so uh today Benia gets paid almost 1.2 million dollars and just to give you an idea um a few major league players who are making less than him this year for actually playing last time Benia played was like 1999. Adolis Garcia and Jonah Heim, who are both all-stars, I believe, are making under $750,000 this season, as is Josh Young, who is an all-star and should not be. But um, yeah, there's uh, he's making more than, than quite a few solid players right there. And the crazy thing is he's not the only player with that deal at all because uh, he actually has it twice because he has a second deferred contract plan with the Mets and the Orioles that will give him another half million dollars on top of that. So he's getting... Almost two and a half million dollars today from a couple teams. Red Saberhagen was actually the first one to get this deal. He uh, signed, uh, signed a thing to get payments starting in 2004 that would total a quarter million dollars a year from the Mets. So less of a payment there, but still, I mean, more than I'm making this year, that's for sure. Max Scherzer will receive $105 million total from the Washington Nationals paid out through 2028. Manny Ramirez for a few more years is still collecting money from the Red Sox. It'll total $24 million by the time it's done. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, gets his final payment next year, $3.59 million a year from the Reds every year as part of a deferral from a deal he signed in 2000. And Todd Helton gets his final payment today of a uh, a, a deferred extension that he signed in 2010, $13 million deferred in that time. It's $1.3 million today, and that finally pays off for him. But yeah, this is, uh, this is a... Uh, a day of some weirdness in the salary – well, not even the salary cap, but the salary listings of baseball, of these yeah. guys getting money down the line well after they've retired. And, uh, I mean, smart on them for doing something like that. And, uh, yeah, I I, I wish I could get something like that.
1: <laughs> All you can say is it's a great country, right? Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. <laughs> well, that' Drew, that wraps up uh, our TGMcast stamp of approval. Next up is the Vern Rap Minute. rap minute is dedicated to mr vern rap who passed away prior to me sending out a ttm request. we do this as a service to our fellow ttmers so you don't get embarrassed like me and send out a ttm request to someone who passed we lost people in the world of baseball and uh celebrity and in politics this week first we lost john miller john miller was an outfielder and first baseman um with the los angeles dodgers in 1969 he played 40 games he has the distinction of being one of only two people to hit a home run in his first and at last at bat, along with Paul Gillespie, who's the other part one to do it. Uh, Miller hit a home run unleashed from Lee Stang on his first at bat and hit a home run off of Jim Merritt in his second and his last at bat. So that's two home runs. Guess what? That was only true. Only two home runs in his whole career. So we opened with a great bookend. he closed the great bookend, but, the middle wasn't so, so great for Mr. Miller. He went on to actually play in Japan from 1970 to 72. He was a, a good TTM before he passed. John Miller was 79 years old. Uh, we lost Ulysses Holloman
2: this week. He was a pitcher in the Negro Leagues back in the 1940s and 50s. Pitched from 48 to 56 with Birmingham and Baltimore. Uh, not much of a TTM recently. Last uh, success for him was in 2008. Ulysses Holloman was 92 years old.
1: Sure, we lost Mike Speavey. Mike Speavey was a defensive back. He played his college ball at the University of Colorado. He was a second round pick in the 1977 draft by the Chicago Bears. He played 77 games in the NFL with the Bears, Raiders, Saints, and Falcons from 1977 to 1982. He was not much of a TTMer. Mike Speavey was 69 years old. Uh, we lost
2: uh, Scott Pellura this week. He was a linebacker for the Saints. Most of playing on special teams from 1981 to 85 started five games in the 85 season. You may recognize the last name. His brother, Steve played quarterback with the Cowboys and the chiefs, maybe a couple other teams there as well. Uh, Scott Pallur, not a TTMer, he was 64 years old.
1: We lost uh, Ryan Mallett. Ryan Mallett uh, passed away in a drowning accident uh, earlier this week. He was 35 years old. He was kind of a backup quarterback uh, for the Patriots behind the, um, Brady, the Texans and the Ravens from 2011 to 2017 he was really uh came out with a lot of fanfare here in New England. I think they took him in the third round and they they, they had him they thought he was going to be a pretty good player kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo and and uh, Bassett. Um, but he was, he never quite made it. He, d- he did play for the Texans Rays Ravens. Ravens as I said, he passed away. He actually drowned. His last uh, TTM was 2020. Ryan Mallett was only 35 years old.
2: we lost Cedric Killings this week. He was a defensive tackle Bounced from the NFL in the early two thousands from 2000, to 2007, played with the 49ers, the Browns, the Panthers, the Vikings, the Redskins and the Texans. So that's what, one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams there in the span of eight seasons. Not a TTM or Central Killings was 45 years old only. Like-
1: Any a different definition of a journeyman, right? Yes, exactly. He hung around long enough and he had a pretty good career for seven years. Oh, yeah. The last, uh, Duran Diedrich. Haran Diedrich was a running back. He played for the Redskins, but he also played primarily in the uh, CFL with Edmonton and Montreal. Uh, he was, his playing career was from 2004 to 2014. He went to Nebraska. He was a star in Nebraska. He last TTM in 2002. Uh, Dharan Derrick was 44 years old.
2: Uh, we lost to Joanne McComb this week. Joanne was a first baseman for the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League back in the forties and fifties, played with Springfield there. Her last TTM was in 2018. She was a hundred years old.
1: Very good. We lost uh, Terry Price. Terry Price was the defensive end out of Texas A&M. He played two games with the Bears in 1990. He was not a ttm -er. Terry Price was 44 years old.
2: Uh, We lost Alan Arkin this week. He was an Oscar winner. Uh, He was in the movies Little Miss Sunshine, Arco, Wait Until Dark, and a whole bunch of others. Uh, He was 89 years old.
1: And lastly, in the world of politics, we lost Lowell Weicker. Lowell Weicker was a U.S. Senator and a uh, governor of Connecticut and Lowell like is 92 years old drew were you much into uh politics uh autographs political autographs not a whole lot i haven't
2: done much with them at all there's a few that i wouldn't mind getting but i haven't uh, haven't done the mailing off to any of them at
1: all they're usually pretty good as a whole i think they're usually pretty good now i i'd be hesitant because you don't know if you're getting secretarily or not but um the the, the polls are usually pretty good so that's why if if uh, uh you know, Apollo, a, a former governor, passes away. I like to add it because I know there's a, a bunch of people that do do uh, political detaining.
2: Yeah, there definitely are. And I know, I mean, at the Dallas Card Show, there's a guy who always has a table set up there or boots set up there who has a ton of political autographs, presidents, senators, anybody like that. And, yeah, you can find some some really cool very, stuff there at
1: his table. Very cool. Well, guys, that wraps up uh, the Vern Rap Minute. Uh, sympathy and condolences go out to friends and family. We are sorry for your loss. All right, Drew. Let's get it. Let, let, let's get it up. Let, let, let's bring up the energy a little, right? Yes. No, no more talking about people who passed away. We're going to, to do a little TTM returns. All right.
0: Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns.
1: So you and I, were earning our, our, uh, our merit badges the last couple of weeks, don't you think?
2: Yeah, it's really picked back up a little bit for us both. So I mean, there was a time there where I was getting a ton, you were getting nothing, That you were getting a ton, and I was getting nothing. And now now we're both reaching this kind of medium point there in between those.
1: Yeah, it's good. I I had uh we I we went away, I went away um this past weekend, and so I didn't I missed the mail on Monday and I got came back on Tuesday and I had nine TTMs waiting for me. Wow. Which was very good. I'm like, this is like the old days. <laughs> so let me, I'll run down mine. Mine, mine are all uh, very quick turnarounds, less than two weeks. And I got for all, the, these are all 1973 Tops football. So I got Pat Holmes, Larry Siepel, Scott Hunter, Bob uh, DeMarco, who's going to be a guest on our TT cast one-on-one on this Wednesday, Gene Washington, Virgil Carter. Virgil Carter sent me a, uh, I don't know, a, a fake $1 million bill. I don't know why it was just, it was just funny that I got it. I was looking, I'm looking around for it. I don't, I had it. And I don't know what I do with it. Oh, there, no, that, that isn't it. I'll have to show it to you. It's really funny. Yeah, definitely. So he was a quarterback for the bears back in the seventies. So he sent he signed my card as well. Pete Benizak, who played for the Raiders, uh Ken Burrow, Ken Ellis, who was, played for the uh Packers, and he sent a, a custom card along with that. And uh Ed Buddy, who played for the Kansas City Chiefs. These are all 1973 tops cards, got him. Um, uh, and then uh for a couple of baseball, I got a couple of baseball, I got Larry Boa. I don't know. Larry Bo is the best. So yeah. I must I was like going through cards a couple of weeks ago when I saw a couple of Larry Boa cards, like, okay, I'll send it off. Perfect. He said, He said he signed two cards for me. Very happy. Real quick turnaround. And I got Jeff Sellers. I got two two returns from Jeff Sellers, who was a pitcher for the Red Sox in the late '80s, and uh, he signed a, a score card and a uh, his tops card. And and that took a. I think that took a couple months. And then finally, I got Gary Dunn uh, on an 83 Tops football card. So that's uh, what does that got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 14 returns. Nice. And it's probably, I don't know, 20 cards, maybe. Yeah. So not bad. So I, I sent out um, 30 on Tuesday. So uh, I've got a lot out there. So we'll, we're, we're looking forward. I still have a bunch of Hall Baseball Hall of Famers that I'm waiting on, and and a bunch of um, so a couple hockey guys. And so I got a lot out there. How was your week? Well, I got
2: half as many as you did back, but four of them were international ones. So I'll call it about even there, based off of that. Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned last week Saturday that I had uh, two that were likely coming in that day, and they did indeed arrive. Got a. Mats nasland who was a uh, let's see he played for the uh, Canadians and the Bruins here uh, in the US and a lot of teams over in Sweden he was one of the fir- I don't remember if he was a center or a winger but uh yeah, he was definitely a forward at the very least I know yeah. but I can't remember which uh, where which exact spot there but uh he was one of the inaugural members I believe of the Triple Gold Club as the first players ever to win a World Junior Championship a World Championship and a Stanley Cup so uh Really cool to be able to get him back on there. He's uh, for my 88-89 uh, Tops uh, hockey set. Took about a six-week turnaround total going over to Sweden and back. I uh, Also got Roberto Hernandez, who was a closer for the White Sox, the Rays. Pitched a bit with the Indians, and I think maybe the Dodgers after that. There was somebody he went to after being in Cleveland. But I can't think of who it was now, but uh, he's a very good signer. Takes only about a week turnaround on that. And uh, I said to him because in that find that I had at the uh, card show out in Allen a few months ago, there's a minor league card of him in there. I'm like, okay, this would be kind of cool because I love getting minor league cards signed whenever I can, especially from those late 80s and early 90s sets from like Best and Star and all those companies. So got that one done and a couple of others. Uh, let's see here. So on Monday, got back. Uh, the uh, the only domestic one I got back was still a good one. It was Roger Craig, the uh, former 49ers running back. Oh, nice. I'd picked up his rookie card a couple weeks before that on eBay. And uh, this is a guy who I think has a borderline chance still of be uh, getting picked for the Hall of Fame eventually. Sure. And what so, year is uh, what year is, is his rookie card on uh, 1984 so it's the same set as like dan marino's rookie card um john elway's rookie card all those so it kind of gets buried a bit under those uh who else dickerson was in that one set as well there it's, it's yeah. the one that has kind of the uh off center the tilted square kind of design to it there yeah so, i just uh,
1: made a note i'm gonna send i'm gonna yeah. send that one out because i'm sure i have it
2: oh yeah and i picked that up i think even on ebay you can find it for like a dollar or two it is a very affordable card and like I said, this guy who I think has still has a chance potential of being a, a Hall of Famer at some point. And uh, the great thing is I didn't even have to ask him to put anything on there. He signed the name and put the 1000 slash 1000 1985. just the year that he uh, did that and said uh, Super Bowl. Uh, what was it? Super Bowl 23 something. Whichever Super Bowl it was that year. <laughs> Super Bowl 16, I think, winner on there. So Super Bowl 19, one of those. So he put that on there as well. So loaded up with inscriptions real nicely. Uh, three more international ones that came in that day. Two from Canada were Kerry Wilson. He played with, let's see here, the Rangers, the Flames, and the Whalers. Maybe a couple other teams in there, but at least those three I know. And uh, Gaston Gingras, who was a uh, the most defensive defenseman ever, just about. I mean, this is a guy who would never put up any goals or anything, but played you know eighty games a year out there. So he's you know out there blocking shots and shutting guys down. Played with the Canadians, the Maple Leafs, and the Blues. Each of those guys took about three weeks to come back. And another one from Sweden was a uh, Hawk and Lube. One of the best names ever in hockey history <laughs> right there. Took about six weeks on that one as well for the, uh, all those guys were for the 88, 89 uh, hockey set there as well. How are you doing on that? How are you doing on that set? You're Slosing making, about you're the, making uh, big inroads. Yeah. About a quarter of the way into it right now. It's only, a, it's a 198 card set. I think I've got maybe 44 done so far with more on the way. So uh, yeah, I should be able to hit a, uh, Hit the 25 percent mark here probably before the fall even gets here very exciting yep and then uh one more that's already come in is uh, tony bennett basketball player and the coach at uh, the university of virginia found a few cards of him in that uh stuff that i got from out in allen there and tossed those in took about a two-week turnaround on those and so that's what i've gotten in so far And i've got one coming today that i think is going to be brent sutter one of the sutter brothers oh, there nice. so yeah hopefully we'll have that coming in and if it goes as I hope it does, uh, I'll have another eighty-eight, eighty-nine set one right there, and there's a chance I may have another big one that's in there as well. But I'm going to wait and see before I go uh, trumping <laughs> So we'll see if turned out. Don't count that. your chickens, right? Exactly. That's I. I figured he probably added at least his signature on it, but there may be some others that could have been added as well. We'll find out though.
1: All right. Cool. Well, that that's pretty good. You had a good week. I got yes. a good week. We'll keep it up. Guys, uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you get any cool returns you want to share, share with us. I we always love to see what you guys are doing. So send us an email to ttmcast
2: at yahoo.com
1: and share some of your returns with us. All right, Drew, that wraps up our returns. want to put a bow on this thing and, and wrap I the think show up?
2: So. Yeah, I think we're good.
1: Okay. And this is how it ends. Hey, okay. guys, we're wrapping up another show. I want to thank. Of course, Dabs, uh from Dabs Sports who joined us. I hope you enjoyed my interview with him. I really did. Uh, Clemente Lisi, of course, and Clemente's world. This past Wednesday, we had Steven Wright from Next Gym. Thank you, Steven. Uh, next Wednesday for TTMcast, we have Bob DeMarco. Bob DeMarco played 15 seasons in the NFL. And we're going to talk to him about his career, about signing autographs. And uh, he's a really fun interview. He talks a lot about a lot of stuff um so stick around make sure you listen to that on wednesday next week next saturday we will have clemente uh, lise again talking national and ttm collector kurt harberston so always busy guys we i i, I think i was telling drew i think i had uh eight or nine interviews i recorded last week so where we've got a lot of great guests and a lot of fun interviews coming up a couple former nfl players that will be with us and a lot of other cool guests, although that is coming up. Drew, anything you want to add before I let you go?
2: No, I think I'm pretty well covered on there. Um, I guess I'm going to a ball game next week, so we'll probably talk about that before next week's show, and hopefully we'll come out with some good autographs out of that.
1: All right, guys, be safe. Have a great Fourth of July weekend. Be careful if you do lighting fireworks off. I'm not. I don't want to sound like an old old geezer, but people get hurt, so just be careful. Be safe. No drunk dry, drinking and driving. Right. Yep. And uh, and get your TTM's. It's a good time to get your some of your TTM's out because uh, we have um, All Star break coming, and some of the current players will be available. Maybe they'll they'll answer some of their fan mail. What do you think, Drew?
2: That's what I'm hoping. I've got still some stuff from spring training that's out there, so hopefully they'll uh, they'll go digging into their mailboxes there and start doing that.
1: All right, guys. Many happy returns. We will see you next week. Everyone, be good.